Kelly's not goofy like other girls. I play to win. They're playing girl talk. Truth is more sophisticated. What kind of girl talk girl are you? The game of truth or dare. <laughs> Call a guy and tell him something gross. <laughs> never. I'll take a zit sticker. What kind of girl talk girl are you? Kelly would never kiss and tell. My first kiss? Sure, I'll talk about it. What I was at the movies. What kind of girl talk girl are you? I'm a winner. And a flirt. I gossip. And <laughs> boy crazy. Welcome back to another episode of The Feminine Critique, another catch-us-if-you-can episode, if you will, where we're just going to shoot the shit on a bunch of stuff we've been watching. Is that right, Christine? Um, That's right, Emily. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back properly with another, like, official movie episode eventually. Um, But first, it's been a few months. We watch stuff. Uh It's been a holiday. I think it's been, like, since 2020 that we've done this, so... Oh, yeah, easily, Mm -hmm. like... Granted, yep. December for me is essentially all cozy cardigan Christmas, but after that, I my list still added up. Um, I have I'm I think I mentioned this to you. I'm choosing to not talk about a lot of things because they're not worth the sound of my voice. That's fair because the sound of your voice is a priceless entity, and we should not use it disparagingly. Yeah, well, I'm logging everything still. I moved for 2021. You had asked about the structure of this episode, and I was like, eh. For 2021, <laughs> I moved over to using Letterboxd. Like, I'm mm. actually using it now. And before, it was everything was just in a notes app, so I kind of have to bounce back and forth. Got it. But I'm looking at, like, what I watched from the last time we talked, and, like, some of this, I just never – I don't remember what it is. Ooh, I yeah. never want to think about again. Yeah. So yep. I'm just skipping around to just things that I actually have words to say. I'm trying something new. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Hey, it's a new year. Why not? New year, new me. New year, new us. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, so we're going to talk, we're going to go by groupings. We'll do like TV, we'll do comedy, we'll go through everything. Um, just a big grab bag, if you will. So <laughs> starting with television. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of new shows or old shows that I, I revisited or watched for the first time. How about you? Um, yeah, actually leaned into the TV a little bit. Uh, Let's I think it. I think we've probably hit that point where like there movies are coming out, but like it gets expensive to rent them mm. like every time and like the 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 sheen is off that thing yeah. kind of like I I, I have it, a very hard time renting new releases because I can't justify it knowing that within two months it's going to be free and a, 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 for a bunch of them that i mean that's kind of how we were rolling for a yeah. while but like it's definitely slowed down so the tv i think is kind of picking back up but i have a couple things that i i'm not writing it down but i'm going to remember it um watched and i are basically current ish on search party which is now on hbo oh, Max. i know jason's been talking about this a lot <laughs> i have not watched any of it he told me I should watch it. Mm-hmm. And kind of the thing that I'm I'm noticing is like if somebody actually does pay attention to the words that exit my mouth, <laughs> that then their recommendations are usually really really solid. Yeah, yeah very um, much. So like 100%, it's like it's such an amazing show. I'm I'm not I can't say I'm like I should have watched it sooner because it like it went it was in limbo for a mm-hmm. while. It was on, it, it, wasn't it, on like TBS at one point. I'm almost positive. Yeah. And then it was gone and now it's back and the the new we kind of inadvertently timed it so that we 
we didn't have to almost wait at all for the new mm, season. That was nice. And and then I was like, oh, and, and and Zach's like, it's coming back. And I was like, oh, it's coming back this date. Like, it here it is. Don't have to wait. And I love it. And I cannot recommend it enough. It is very funny and very interesting um, and really captivating. Nice. Uh, I am a huge fan. So also on HBO Max, we watched The Flight Attendant, which is the... Okay. Really yeah, that show. just got a bunch of Golden Globe nominations. Yeah, I haven't looked at those yet. I really should. I They're know. weird. They're very weird this year. <laughs> I've heard that that's the feedback. Like, I know all the Emily in Paris stuff. But yeah. But like, sit and look at things I, I don't know sometimes I, mean, sometimes I care and sometimes I just yeah and Golden Globes are weird because they really are the most arbitrary of any awards because they are not they're not professionals they're quote-unquote press so it's not, you know, SAG at least is actors voting. The Oscars are professionals in the industry voting. Globes are very much, you can buy a Globe nomination if you kind of pull the right strings. But at the same time, like, there's some good that comes from them because they're so weird and they have so many categories and they break up comedy and drama. You can a lot of times, like, get, people can get attention that wouldn't otherwise. <laughs> and this year, but it's just weird. Like, cool that there's three females nominated for director, which has never happened before. Right? Um, yeah, it's wild. Yep. But yeah, I, 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 I guess it's. I find it a little confounding, maybe that it was nominated so much. You say okay. it's, it's good. She's very good. Interesting. See, this is the thing. I think I really like Kaylee Cuco. Um, I think she might be great. So the only but, things I've seen her in are I, I haven't watched Big Bang Theory. I've probably caught like ten minutes of it from people try, trying to convince me that I would like it, and I've tried. And I'm, no, I don't. But the other only other thing I know her from is Classes the, the movie. What which what is that called again? Like Writers Club or Writing right. Group? Oh God! If pe- people don't know what we're talking about, look her up and look up. It's the movie she did with Chris Klein. It is yeah. the dumbest, stupidest movie you've ever seen in your life. It's about writers, quote unquote, and we all call it "Classes of the Movie" because that's what the poster is clearly trying to do. <laughs> um, but and I, I am one of the people that that does not like Big Bang Theory. I've seen bits and pieces, but it definitely feels like it was trying to. When I feel directly marketed to, it mm. doesn't work. Yes. And I definitely feel like this was like, hey, nerds, look, yep. it's you on TV. We're making Star like, Wars jokes. No, it's not. Yeah. But um, so I feel like it's unfair to resent somebody for something that they did. Especially, for yeah, well, when, but, but you're so right, because it's very true of sitcom actors. Because the thing is, like, sitcom acting is hard, it's its own rhythm. It's its own level of energy that is different from any other medium. And like, yeah, you're going to, once you get on a show, you're signing a contract and you're going to do it for 10 years because you're going to yeah. make really good money doing it. Yeah. And and she's really trying, it seems like she's really trying to go the Reese Witherspoon okay. route, which is like, Makes sense for her. like producing things, sure. heavily involved in the production and acquiring things. Like she is heavily involved in the Harley Quinn uh, cartoon, right, right. which I have recommended. It's a bit anti-Semitic. Hmm, I've read a weird. couple things. About it. It's very strange. But she's <laughs> I recommend still... it unless you don't, unless you like Jewish people. I mean, it, it, but like I get, like it, they're totally played as off-color jokes because that show is very off-color. It's very, you know, on PC, but like not really, except for the Jewish stuff. It's mm, weird. Um, but it's, it, I liked what they did. It was fun and it was gay and it was it was funny and mean, but like 
it makes me sad to to like it because I see how problematic it was. But mm. she was heavily involved in that, so it's interesting. Like the stuff she seems to be going to bat for, and and then she was good in this fucking show. It, it, people have called the flight attendant like messy or like 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 melodramatic and stuff, and it is. It's like uh, lesser Gillian Flynn. Okay, like. Uh, <laughs> But, but, like, it was still fun, and she was really good, and some of the episodes looked really good. Like, they were directed really well. I don't know. I would recommend it, like, especially if you just want something on. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> that can happen to you. Um, but what else? Oh, we're we're current on the, the Stand miniseries or television. Oh, one. I have not watched it, because I don't have whatever the hell that network is, and I'm weird, because yeah. eventually that'll end up merging with something else. Somewhere, yeah. I, and it's one of those, that network, I guess it's CBS All Access, is like the most fascinating network to me, because they keep putting things out there that I think, oh my god, I'm willing to pay for this. I'm willing to pay for Jordan Pills The Twilight Zone. I should be willing to pay for The Stand. And then as soon as they come out, everybody has nothing good to say about it. So are you with everybody else saying it's not good? Well, here's the thing. Like the ca- I, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say some bold things. I think the casting was actually really tremendous. Mm-hmm. On um, paper, the, I like the cast. Like I like the decisions yeah. in the in the casting. A lot of people didn't, and I think if you don't, then it's f- like full stop. Like don't even bother. Got it. Um, I liked the casting. I thought the casting was cool and exciting for mm-hmm. some things, or, or at least a little outside the box. Sure. I thought um, the Alexander Skarsgård, Randall Flagg casting, for me, was just per- perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was tentative, but like I, I, I wasn't just going to dismiss it. I thought maybe it could be like a prestige Stephen King thing, which, like, okay, get, give me that. I mean, what's the one of the last really like well done Stephen King things was like Doctor Sleep, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. So like, make do it good. Yeah. And and like, I don't know. The Stand is arguably one of the more interesting ideas. Oh, I yeah, I, com- I agree. Um. They made a wild choice, Emily, and I don't know if you've read anything about it or followed anything, but, like, the first more than Oh, half, the structure, right? The, it's it's yeah. not a linear story, which is fine, because... If it works, like, it's fine. If it doesn't, then it's just you're trying very hard for no reason. Yeah, I feel like I don't understand why they did that, like, mm-hmm. at all. Because the entire, like, thrust of that show is these characters' journey and their growth. Yeah. Right, and like, where they start to where they... Yeah, completely. They're so all normal human tell... beings who then find out they essentially have to take on biblical roles. Why would you tell that out of order? Yeah, it weird. undercuts every single yep. choice a character makes. I So we watched the second... There's, like, a CODA episode, so a last episode, but we watched the the second to last episode last night and um i i felt like i don't know any of these people i don't care Mm. because because it was told so out of order like nobody's motivations were consistent because sometimes it was a year ago and sometimes it was two weeks ago like i I don't know or care why would you do that because some of the performances were really really good like Skarsgård was really good and Alex Wolf that cute little boy oh I love him who is he in it his his brother is in it Nate Wolf oh um and he's great and weird and so weird and makes so many fucking weird choices who does he play 
Uh, the Miguel Ferreira. Oh, Harold. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. Um, I kind of just remember people who by who they were. <laughs> I, d- I reread it fairly recently, so that's why it's so fresh in my mind. <laughs> like if you like Molly Ringwald. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that one. <laughs> um, but like he, there were so many weird swings. It was interesting. It and all the vague, honestly, the Vegas stuff for me, which kind of was the shit stuff in the original the Garris, miniseries, yeah. was the interesting stuff in this one. Huh. I just don't get it and there's um like people people agree with me i watched the first oh, episode i haven't heard I, anybody say anything good about it i tweeted like all caps why is this out of order why is this <laughs> I think, linear i think james was also on your side on that because i remember like a lot of the conversation was just why like why do it this why? way if you're not going to do anything with it and then i was like am i being a snob because like sure. lost wasn't linear and like whatever but like it was the, the stuff on the island was linear so even that isn't don't even cop out that way mm-hmm. it's just so weird and i'm glad other people felt that way but it took something that could have been co- like okay yeah and interesting at least and undercut every part of it hmm. but uh almost done with that i'm gonna watch the last episode i've stuck with it this far yeah, there's actually a couple, if you listen to Mick Garris's podcast, he's had a couple of interviews with different people involved in it. He had um, the showrunner, uh, whose name I forget, uh, so he interviewed him, he interviewed Whoopi Goldberg, um, and it, it's like those conversations have been interesting and made me think like, oh, this could be, you know, clearly this guy, the director is a couple of years older than us, I think, but one of those like, okay, so generationally, this guy kind of had the same Stephen King experience as a lot of us. So, okay, what is he going to bring? And I don't know, at some point, maybe I'll watch it. But um, it's disappointing that they just keep, I don't, like, it's it's like Carrie, right? Like, all of these different properties that should be really easy to tell well, and yet they keep just not doing it. (laughs) They could have just told it, I mean, they filmed it. They yeah. They could have just showed it to me in the right order. I but like I, Watchmen did a non chronological like keep certain things hidden thing. I don't know. I think maybe there's a group. It's of that people lost that think, puzzle box curse that every yeah. show has to be more complicated than than it is. Prestige shows mm-hmm. I think are expected to be hard to. But like this yeah. is such a big story, especially if you're not familiar with it, that you don't need it to be out of order to keep you interested (laughs) i don't know like i'm not gonna i'm not about to give stephen king credit where he doesn't deserve it but like this one was actually structured yeah oh yeah (laughs) it's like it has aside from the last hundred pages it doesn't need but still it's but like (laughs) it's so disappointing but like if you are like i like the source material or i really like the miniseries it's interesting to see the casting and the choices sure. and sometimes it feels like like the same thing like it feels like the miniseries yeah and like, and i like, wonder if that's why <laughs> they did the the scramble if it's that like look the story is very straightforward so if you're adapting it faithfully which both from what i understand both do i think this one is supposed to have a different ending but i don't know Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the Mick Harris adaptation, it's very faithful. Like some characters are condensed, like sure, everybody does that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. if you were going to do it again, you'd probably do the same thing. Like reading it, the character of Rita isn't in the Mick Garris miniseries. It, she's kind of combined with Nadine and it makes sense the way they do it. Um, yeah. And I wonder if that was part of it of, oh, we're going to tell it again. And we're a little more unlimited because we don't, you know, it's not network TV. It's a streaming network. So we can be gory. We can, you know, we can kind of cross lines. 
but everybody is going to say we're making the same thing because but it's a straightforward would, narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Make make the same thing but right. with a higher budget or with modern sensibilities or with, you know, recognizable actors. Like why is that so scary? <laughs> Don't shuffle your story out of order so nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Eh. Um I I think the last thing that I will say is I started watching The Good Place, which is <gasps> kind of Jason's Yay! fault again. Um I, on yeah. season 3 maybe. Okay. So, uh okay. Yeah, it's like I think not... everybody knows everything about it now, but I still don't want to ever spoil I... something on that show because it's so I delightful. I had no fucking clue. Wow, oh, that's exciting. So I watched it like I had never seen. Like, oh, I good. Because that um, I mean that I watched it from the beginning. I was watching it real time and it was so much fun because it really like the reveals were huge. And I think you could still watch it knowing the twists, but I feel like it you're you're gonna lose something in that, so I'm glad that you had the fresh experience. Fresh experience. I st- I don't know anything now. Like I don't. Oh. I, every time something happens, I'm like, oh, um, I like it a lot. I like everybody. I like all mm-hmm. the characters. Oh, so I think it's I think it's really great. I think it's got the potential to be very rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very comforting. It it's it is, it's really comforting. Yeah. It's really. It's it strikes a good tone. I mm-hmm. like how earnest it is at times. Yeah. I've cried watching it. Oh, me too. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I recommend it. I don't know um, what kept me from watching it mm-hmm. for so sure. long, other than like, you know, it's another thing to wade into. Yeah. And but I I don't regret starting it. It's very fun. It's very sweet. I'm um, excited for your journey, and I'm excited for you to get to the ending because I found the ending so so satisfying. In like, yeah. in very, not just like, oh, good, that ended well. That was a good, like, satisfying end for these characters. Also, like, I feel like I got something out. Like, I I morally and emotionally got something from the ending of that show. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're trying to do it. We're not binging, mm-hmm. really, like, TV, unless it's MTV's The Challenge. <laughs> uh, but um, we're, because I, I feel like I lose a lot. Yeah, yeah. When I when I do that, so oh, I'm just you, trying you to yeah. we're trying to go through it like at a human pace, and um, it's so it's gonna be a while before I finish it. But it's nice to have almost treat something like weekly. Yeah. Like oh, a new a new show. Let's watch a new episode of the show. I'm with you. Yeah. It was well, funny because uh, when I was looking at my TV, I was trying to remember because I realized I'm like, I watched seasons of television and forgot about them. Because of the way you watch things now, especially like if you have your settings done where they just stream and then keep going, where you don't know which, am I still watching the same episode or am I a new on, am I on a new episode? I don't even know. And it really like, it is a difference in, in how we consume things these days. For sure. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, get trying, I guess getting back into the TV. Yep. Cause yep. I, 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 there's this guilt like, Oh, I'm not watching movies. Why, why aren't I watching movies? But like, whatever, I don't care no. anymore. It's a matter of, especially now and kind of like I go through different moods. A lot of my individual watching happens in the mornings before work. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I get ready. I, I have breakfast and I sit down and for an hour, like that's my time. And usually that's when I'll watch something. So it's a good timing for a TV show, but then it's got to be like the right mood or am yeah. I am I watching a new series where I have where I'm trying to time it so that I can get through all the episodes in a week or whatever it's going to be. So it, it rotates. Um, was that all your TV? 
That is all that's worth mentioning. Okay. Um, I'll go through my TV. Um, and some things that were like just very like, like this was one where it was a light, fluffy, I need something in the mornings to put on. Uh, and this was on Netflix, Pretend It's a City, the Fran Lebowitz and Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's cute. It's charming. Um, it's it's fun to see. Um, I mean, she is very funny. She's a very witty woman. Um, it's amusing to see her in interviews like disagreeing but having really interesting conversations with um with spike lee with martin scorsese but then there's some things where you just kind of roll your eyes like i made this comment on twitter today that like there's an episode about smoking where she goes on a rant about how like oh new york was so much better when you could smoke anywhere fuck you no it wasn't like there, mm. there's that extent of like okay like I, I get like yes there is this sense of like oh people don't read anymore people don't know writers all this stuff but there is also that line. People don't smoke anymore. Yeah, where you're just like, okay. uh, like, look, okay, it's fine to say like, oh, New York was better when it was dirtier. To an extent, it was. But then there's all these other aspects. Where you're like, no, no, no. It was nice to not get mugged. It was nice to be able to go out to a restaurant and not go home with emphysema. Like all of those <laughs> little things where you watch it, and there's like a point where that. I feel like it's like a maturity thing where your glasses come off. You're like. No, I'm allowed to enjoy this and agree on some things and disagree on others. So yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's not going to be. People aren't meant to have a monolithic experience to something. So I think it, yeah, it's disagreeing about something is completely normal. Oh yeah, and there there is nothing um, less interesting to me than when somebody talks about how things used to be better. Yeah, and this is true because anywhere it, it you did. go. No, and if it if it was better for you, that means it was worse for somebody else. Yep. Um, okay, another, our, our dear friend Fozzie, um, who is our kind of guardian angel of recommendations, had recommended one for me, which I had avoided, um, but finally gave in and watched Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is on NBC now, it's in season two now, but you can watch it on Hulu or Peacock, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Jane Levy from a bunch of horror movies from Don't Breathe and yep. Evil Dead. Uh, she basically has an MRI that goes wrong and then can suddenly hear people's thoughts and song. So it is a musical TV show. Oh and boy. it's, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's for you. It, it's charming. <laughs> I think it's very charming. It's very, um, it has a very particular style about it. Like it's very, like she works in programming. So it's, um, it's set in San Francisco. It's very colorful. The, like the supporting cast around her is great. It's Mary Steenburgen's her mom, Peter Gallagher's her dad. Like there's all these really great people in there and the music is great. And a lot of the musical sequences are great. Um, I was really into it. And then it kind of, for me, hit a little bit of a, oh, it's a love triangle that's spinning in circles. But season two has kind of skirted around that a bit. So it seems to be getting interesting again. Um, Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's it's very sweet. um, And I do recommend it if you're looking for something interest, like not just throwaway, but still light, but kind of um, occasionally sappy. So, Mm -hmm. but I enjoy it. Um, let's see on Netflix. Um, so if you were to sell me a show as pretty little liars, but with ballet, obviously I'm going to watch that. This is <sighs> tiny, pretty things, which even has the word that shares with pretty little liars. That, that, that's fun. Small, a word that means small, mm-hmm. like little and yep. tiny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is about ballet, ballet, ballet academy. It opens with a murder or near murder. So there's a mystery. And meanwhile, it's all hot young ballerinas who are 
here's the so I watched this I had two problems with the show one is um and it's it's fun it's like it's sexy it's enjoyable uh it's it's very bingeable just because it's so kind of um uh I don't know like it's it's very just it's like PLL very much um Mm -hmm. but I had two problems one if you watch Flesh and Bone on which was a Showtime show it ran for one season and I end was sort of the adult version of the show. That's much better and more interesting and more nuanced. But the other thing is, like Pretty Little Liars, Tiny Pretty Things can't decide how old its characters are. (laughs) Like, they're teenagers, and they're supposed to be minors, but they're all having sex with each other. But when one of them is, like, propositioned by an older man, it's treated as if it's absolutely statutory rape, which it is, but yet you just had a scene of another character actively engaged in a sex life with a character who's older. So you can't keep making your rules and breaking them. Um, so that was really bothersome. I think it, I don't know if it got renewed or not, um, but it's, it's fine. It's a good time waster. It's not that great, <laughs> but it's, it's very over the top and soap opera-ish and all of those things. And, mm-hmm. and it's ballet. So, and that's the other thing. Um, this is definitely dancers acting as opposed to actors dancing. Well, I actually, I, I mean, I prefer that. I think at the end of the day, I appreciate that because that's what I'm there for. Right. I think. Yeah, the right? ballet is great, and when they're actually dancing, and there is something to um, just, and I've said this before about anything about ballet, there is something to watching dancers move that you can't fake. Like, just them stretching or them, you know, picking up their lunch. Dancers move a different way than non-dancers do. And so I I love watching that and I do appreciate it. Um, But it also means that these are not very experienced actors. So they're... They're they're trying. They're all trying. I I'm I'm sure they'll all get better next season. But it's definitely like there there is a a block there of like okay we're at a different level than um, a Pretty Little Liars if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I finished my rewatch of The Sopranos, which um, hey I I will say I think I feel like I underrated Sopranos for years. I was saying no, The Wire was a better show. Sopranos gets all the fanfare, but it actually had problems. Rewatching Sopranos, I'm like this was a pretty fucking good show. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, when I was very young, I had uh, Showtime, HBO, HBO, oh yeah, HBO. It wasn't TV. I had it was HBO. I had HBO for like a minute when I was younger and like, I so I've seen a couple episodes, but like, I don't know anything about that show. That, I like yeah. James Gandolfini. Oh, he's so I good. I like James Gandolfini and that's, that's what I'll say and that's where I'll leave it. But I do not think I will ever commit time to watch and that it's show. And lo- it's a lot of time. Um, I mean, I had a lot of time because, you know, pandemic. Um, for sure. And, but in it, and it is a show that to me is best watched closely. Because you pick up on the on some of the very small decisions that um, that pay off, and I mean things will happen in season one that get paid off in season six, uh, and just seeing, especially with the character of Tony Soprano and James Gandolfini, and seeing the wheels in his head and and the decisions he makes, it really is one of the greatest TV performances of all time. Um, so I will I will. Uh, go back on the train of yes this is a, a this is great television uh, okay just a few more on the TV front uh, sorry dear I just punched my husband in the back um, 
I elbowed him in the elbow. Oh, that's impressive, actually. Uh, so let's see on, the, on that line. Um, I think thought you watched it, but maybe not on Hulu Monsterland. Oh, so I've seen. I watched the first one, which is good because um, your boyfriend's in it. My boyfriend's yes, jo- Jonathan Tucker. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, Jonathan Tucker. Okay. I love him. He's the most handsome ever, and he's such a creep in it. I liked the first one. Mm. like but it was very like not light it was very it was very heavy oh yeah it was very dark and then i watched but i and i and then afterwards even because even with that that being said i the the first episode ended and i went huh don't know if i need to watch that Mm -hmm. um so we didn't watch anymore for a while and then zach suggested it and i was like we'll just skip to the kelly marie tran episode because i I love her and a lot of the marketing used imagery from that one. So I was like, well, maybe this is their like prestige one. This is like their, their really like upscale one. And, um, come to find out, I think the first episode was their upscale one. Uh, the Kelly Marie Tran episode left me wanting desperately. It wasn't that it was just a mood killer. It was for me, wasn't well written or well executed. Mm. Um, and it bummed me out quite a bit because maybe I'm too, maybe I'm too close to it. That short form, super sad storytelling. Yeah. You're too close to it. I can see that for you. Yeah. Because I'm watching, I, I watched the whole season uh, and I, I read the short stories too. It's based on, or half of the episodes are based on short stories from this book and the other half are original, but like mm-hmm. in the same kind of tone and kind of universe. And I thought to myself, I'm like, Christine should watch this, but I don't know if she's going to love it or hate it. And I thought for me, it was like half, I would say there were like two or three episodes that I loved. I loved the first one and I loved, I really liked the Kelly Marie Tran one. Um, I liked the tone of it. I liked the sort of, it's a fairy tale, but we're not going to resolve it. Like this whole thing. Mm. Um, Then I thought there were like two or three that I thought were terrible. And then like one okay one and then one that I just keep forgetting about. So it, it was a mixed bag. Yeah. But I liked the idea of it. I liked this sort of the place it played for me was really interesting. This like, it was like haunting. It wasn't full out horror. It wasn't, um, it, every episode wasn't like, Oh no, the real monster is man. Like, no, 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 there were monsters. Um, but it was just this like weird tonal thing that it didn't satisfy me completely, but it, it was enjoyable in its weird way. Yeah. I, I liked the first, like I liked the first one, but I think, what put me off was, uh, you know, especially when I watched it, sad times. Yeah. I don't. Oh, and they're all. Yeah. I don't think don't watch any of these for like a, a mood uplift because none of them will give that to you. But I pretty sure I liked the structure and the story and mm-hmm. what the first one was trying to do. And then perhaps skipping ahead to a different one. Uh, no, I don't think of... I don't think that would make a difference because I Rhea. think like episodes two and three are two of the pretty bad ones. Um, and then episode, and I can't remember the full order, but I remember going like from a high to a low to a medium to a high to a low. So I don't think it, the only thing that matters is there's a little bit of a thread with, um, what's that actress's name? Who's so great. Who's in the first one? Oh, her, her, uh, book smart. Yes. She sort of like shows that up in others. And so there's a like, but it really doesn't matter. Like there's no real linearity to it. So I don't think it matters what episode, what order you watch them. I would just watch the ones that people tell you are good. So, yeah, I think it's something I'm going to go back to because I really feel like it's all there. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally 
everything I've ever said I've wanted. Right. But then I then I rejected it, so I almost feel like guilty. I would be um, curious to hear you read the short stories and watch the show in either mm-hmm. order, because I think the stories are interesting because they're it, Is again the Kelly Marie Tran one a short no, story. No, that one's not, and I thought it I, was because it feels like it's a short story. If see to me, it feels absolutely slapdash. Mm. Like I'm so sorry, that's such a mean thing to to say, but like. It it ha- it introduced things that didn't pay off when this we said this so much when we were talking about the never endingness that was Masters of Horror. Yeah. Um, when when you have such a short amount of time, do not introduce something that doesn't have a direct payoff. Yeah. There's there were things that, that I was like, well, that's gonna come. Back. It didn't. It didn't. Mm-hmm. I was why am I like or why am I listening to this character now? It just felt very weird. I get it. I don't know. But, like, I love that it exists, and that means nothing, because I didn't give it my full attention. <laughs> uh, but... Well, you're fine. <laughs> Let's see. On the uh, the Golden Globes, I think the biggest, like, news on the Golden Globes, as far as what wasn't nominated, was I May Destroy You, which yeah. I watched. Did you watch it? I didn't, know. It's it's a hard watch. Yeah, I'm... I actively avoided things that yeah. could potentially make me upset because my base level has been so anxiety ridden and upset. Yeah. Oh, then I... yeah, don't, don't watch this one. Um, it's really good. It is fantastic. Michaela Cole is a talent and, um, I, I always liked her when she showed up in other things. Like she's in a couple of black mirror episodes and she has a really interesting presence. Like, you know, like she, she has a very distinctive voice, a very distinctive look. And I think she's very, she can play funny very well. Um, She's so good in this. And she also, I think, wrote and directed most of it. Uh, it is, it's just hard. It's just uncomfortable. It's yeah. um, a lo- It's very funny at times, but there's so much uh, very current and very uh, now and very hard. Um, it's really good. I don't, like, I kind of feel like I should rewatch it because I'm sure there was stuff I, I didn't pick up on. Mm-hmm. But I also don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> I I know that game, yeah. Yeah, and it also should have been nominated for Golden Globes, without question. It is very good. Yeah, it seemed like it got a lot of good press, and yeah. people were very positive about it. Like when people started talking about it, so it's strange to me. It's not like for me, it's not like this hidden gem. <clears throat> like yeah, it was being discussed how how good it was. So it really does seem strange. It, that it's it not felt very snobbish. It did get SAG nominations. Those came out today. Um, and I think the the flip of that was um, you could make a direct parallel because I haven't seen it yet. The Promising Young Woman, I think, from what yeah. I understand, is like very similar subject matter. <laughs> and on the film side, Promising Young Woman got a lot of Golden Globe nominations. Whereas like the black version of that story got nothing. And there, there's something kind of uncomfortable about that. But who know, who knows what goes into that? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes the easiest explanation is the yeah. correct one. So yeah, maybe yeah. it really truly is that disturbingly simple. <laughs> yeah, and there's something too about it. I think that it it's very it's a very young show in that mm-hmm. this is a show for like by millennials, like not for millennials, but it, it is about millennials. It feels like it is written by people slightly younger than us. Mm-hmm. Um in a way that's great. Like that is not that is a compliment if anything. But I can see why a voting body that might be white men in their 60s and older wouldn't get it or wouldn't see kind of what it's doing. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then the last TV thing I can't talk about yet too much because we're going to eventually do a full dive into it. Uh, but you should be very happy for me that Brandon and I finally have decided to watch Twin Peaks. I Yeah, I know. I, I have to start rewatching it because I haven't watched it since I think before my wedding, which is now five years ago. Yeah, happy, so uh, happy anniversary coming Thank up you. soon, I, right? I need, yeah, I need to, I need to get on it. Mm-hmm. So you're in season two. Yeah. Halfway through. Are you feeling this, this, I know we're not talking about it, but are you feeling the season two fatigue, the famous season two so fatigue? So I, I kind of understand what you're talking about because we have gotten past the reveal. Um, yeah, so now we're sure. like two or three episodes past that. And I can definitely see where the show loses that urgency and that kind of like thread that holds it together. So uh-huh. now it's a little bit of a lot of disjointed, different wacky stories. Um, yeah. I'm still enjoying it, but I will yeah. say that from a quality point of view, like, ooh, this was it's not different. the right decision. Yeah, it's different. Um, and it's if you can embrace how it's different and just be okay with the fact yeah. that it's different. That last fucking episode of season two is the best. I'm sorry. The best episode of the entire series. I don't care. Nice. I don't care what anybody. It's the best. It's my favorite. I think about it constantly. It makes me so upset. It's so fucking good. I can't wait to get there. So Are our you plan. Watch Firewalk with. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. our our plan is to go through all of it and to probably hopefully watch season three wherever that is. And then I figure when we get through all of that, that's when you and I are gonna hop on this here little little Skype thingy and, and talk through. I love it so much. I watch. I I would say watch Firewalk with me before you get into the season. Three. Oh yeah, we were gonna do it completely chronological to when it was made. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that good. That's that's. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I've heard people discussing on like. Reddit it's like and the stuff. people that watch the Star Wars prequels in order. Like, yeah, no, like, that's not no. Putting, but like, I I think that yeah, it's for me, it's important. And then then we can get into what I believe are the other Lynch movies that are in the Twin Peaks universe, which nice. helps flesh out I think a lot of what happens in the Return. That's okay. just my opinion. But. Okay, okay. What do I know? So you have to make me a list of the other movies I should watch because I, I I've seen a lot of Lynch, but I don't think I've seen everything yeah, that probably there's a cu- there's a few things that in my opinion are directly tied into this universe or at least this idea. Okay. Um. So okay. yeah, it's super exciting. I'm glad you're not completely checked out on season two. No, no. Um. That that I think that says a lot about um your potential enjoyment of the payoff of season two because you're not just going to be sitting there waiting for it to get back to stuff that you care about (laughs) yeah i got it yeah (laughs) hooray yeah so i'm excited i feel like we have to like assemble lists and all this stuff for our eventual episode but i'm i am excited i'm into it and what a fox dana ashbrook is right oh he is bobby he he's a very very good looking young man I just cannot with him. And then season three, when he, oh my God, that. that I saw a picture of him on IMDb. I'm like, whoa, that's one of those like people who have a facial structure when they're young and you think like, oh, you're, you're beautiful now, but I don't know if you you might age out of that. And I saw like one picture of him with gray hair. I'm like, whoa, that man is a fox. It's criminal how handsome he is. (laughs) Well, and you know. Billy Zane in season two, right? Oh no, I haven't gotten to Billy Zane yet. I'm so sorry that's that okay. I even said that. Oh, that's but okay. You had to have known. I, I actually didn't. If you can oh believe that. Oh my god! I know. Um, it's fine. I didn't 
just but you know that he exists and you've seen his face oh as so soon he's... as i'll see his name come up i'll get very excited my <laughs> new excitement though now my, my favorite character by far is david lynch as cole when he whenever he shows up i just get so excited because i just think that a, I think that's going to be me in like 30 years when I lose my hearing. I'm uh-huh. just going to talk very loudly and not hear people respond to me. But and him in that role is just gold. Talk about the mo- he's so handsome. This is this is where my big David Lynch crush comes from, like I my actual human being crush. He's so handsome. He's so cute and he's so likable. <laughs> he really is. I just love him so much. Him, oh my god, there's some things that are so cute and so charming. <laughs> I can't uh, we'll get there. I'm excited for you to finish. It. Thank you. Me too. We'll get there. Okay. All right. So that's TV. Moving on to movies. Do you have any documentaries that you've watched? Mm, I watched all the Nexium stuff. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't talk about that with TV, but that's fine. Um, there was a Stars one, and then there was an HBO one, I believe. Um, the HBO one came first. It, it feels like. Uh, do- so you know how there were two Firefest ones? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and one felt like it definitely had an agenda, and the other one didn't. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how these feel. The okay. HBO is one, one pro Nexium, like... and the other anti. Well, it's not pro Nexium. There is a gentleman that is heavily involved, uh, Mark Vicente's in the in the in the HBO one, and he's tangentially shown in the Stars one. Okay. But the focus of the Stars one is on one of the victims. I mean. You could argue that the focus of the HBO one is on the victims as well, but like it culminates in a, in a weird way that there does seem to be one central victim, even though a lot of people were victimized. Okay. Um, but the stars one feels more authentic and more real, and the the HBO one feels or felt like they were trying to convince me of of how not culpable some of the people who were actually culpable Ooh, interesting. Were. um but like that's my opinion and that's my take on it i mean i i do believe that everyone was victimized and everyone was you know sure manipulated and stuff and i would never victim blame but there is a man at the center of it that i do believe maybe knew more than he said he did but he was very involved in the hbo one and they used a lot of his footage like that he was constantly filming in the group and then when the second when the hbo one ended it was like season two and then i was like ew this feels gross mm, yeah it, it eh. but i watched that and i find all that stuff very very interesting yeah cult, cult stuff in cult, I, i'm with you um, i mean they can be horrifying and terrible and all that but there's also something very hey there's a reason people join cults because they're really interesting it's really interesting and there were a couple times especially watching the hbo one because the stars one gets very deep into um the abuse more okay. like it's, i would say if like you were going to be you know triggered by one i'm not going to tell you what you're going to be triggered by but it, the stars one might a be a lot heavier. of stuff in the, yeah there's a lot of stuff in the stars one that like felt very uncomfortable and but i watching the hbo hbo one specifically i was like i could see myself getting but like so there there were i got what they were doing like it was so that was interesting to be like because there's that question how do you, you know why would anybody believe this but like yeah i get it i get why anybody believes anything but yeah. this one uh, but for the grace of god go i i think yeah, so yeah 
Yeah, and, uh, it, I think like we all want to believe of ourselves. Like I'd never join a cult. Like, no, and I, and I have a hard time ever picturing me me doing that, just because I think I don't know. I, I don't give into groups easily in that way. But I say that knowing many many people who are probably much smarter than me have fallen victim to this. So what's to stop me from finding one? Hey, maybe there's one where they buy you in by saying like, it's a cheese party. Come have, we're going to do a cheese tasting. Oh, this is great. And I'm eating cheese and I don't even realize that I've just signed over my life savings. That can happen. It, look, everyone thinks they're super smart until they don't do something, until they do something that's not super smart. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I guess I'm not. Exactly. Um, I watched I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the... Michelle McNamara, uh, oh, wait, wait, Old right. State Killer mm-hmm. documentary thingy. I guess that's what I do. I watch like docu series, not so much docu. Yeah. Like a, that's a thing. Um, I didn't like it at all. Interesting. I, I I have not followed that. I'm like I think we've talked. Like I'm not a big yeah. true crime person. I I'd rather watch fake crime and then not yeah. feel bad about getting enjoyment out of it. But I understand the appeal of true crime. But so yeah. I've never followed any of that. Um. So what did you not like about this? Um, so I was kind of on the fence about even watching it, but I used to listen to My Favorite Murder, which mm-hmm. is one of the most famous yeah, true, true crime, crime podcasts. Podcast. Um, I used to listen to it a lot. Like at one point I had listened to every episode. Um, and I, just because I liked them, mm-hmm. you know, true. but I, I didn't, I'm not like a super true crime person. Um but they had they did take the angle where they wanted to focus more on the victims and the perpetrators. Okay. So uh, you know that's one of my problems with true crime is is often we fixate on the people who who did the crime yeah. and not the people who were affected by it. But I I so I remember when Michelle passed and I remember mm-hmm. when all this happened. I remember when they like caught the Golden State Killer and I I like I've listened to all the podcasts. So I thought it was interesting that I rem- I was. The footage that they were showing, I was listening to a podcast that came out the day after kind of thing. Mm. So that was really interesting. Sure. Like, so I, I did want to look at it from that. And I do actually think Michelle, I like Michelle McNamara's prose a lot. I think I like her style of writing. It is very, um, very pretty mm-hmm. and very, very visual. That being said, I I had a lot of problems with the structure of it. Um, how centered she was. I know that it was her story because she wrote the book and she helped. It brought up a lot of things that I was very uncomfortable with the portrayal of and the use of footage of. And it, it, it was weird. And I, it left me with a kind of a negative feeling. So, okay. Okay. Uh, I didn't like it. I, I think, I think I've seen other people say the th- things that I felt as well. So, <laughs> but also people really enjoyed it. And I'm not going to tell people what to like. Sure. But, like, this means but this I didn't like not it, it no. for me. Sure. <laughs> I get it. Um, let's see. The documentaries I watched on Disney Plus, there was one I was really excited for. It's the, it's called Howard. And it's a documentary about Howard Ashman, who was the, with Alan Menken, wrote the songs for Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he died of, of AIDS-related uh, illness and whatnot. Um, and it was, this is really good. It's very, I mean, I, I was really like, I was excited when they announced it because I've always found him interesting. I'm a huge, that music team and what they did for movies and musicals, I think is very important. Um, and that was probably in some ways my first understanding of AIDS and what it was and what it did 
because I remember as a kid having the Beauty and the Beast lyrics like in the um as a book and it was dedicated to Howard Ashman and I like couldn't really understand like who this person was because it was like he gave the beast his voice but but yet he died and he's credited halfway um and it was I mean it's fascinating because it was that era of a whole lot of very talented gay men dying and nobody Mm -hmm. doing anything about it um but also to see like his musical genius and how he was able to do this uh it's it's great it's really if you have any interest in in that in in music writing and lyrics in those movies it's really well worth a watch um and then another tragic gay man death i watched a documentary called mcqueen about alexander mcqueen Mm -hmm. the fashion designer this is on canopy which i have now from my new library which is very yes um and alexander mcqueen if you don't know him was a fashion designer uh who was an interesting guy because he was very young he had a very particular aesthetic that was very violent that was very line crossing um he was a he got he was not like formally trained so his inspiration came from movies it came from books um his like first big show was a show about jack the ripper and so all of the fashion is like it it is done as if these women are being murdered. Um, And so he ended up in a lot of trouble often of people looking at his stuff and saying it was misogynist. I don't, you can argue that it was, you can argue that it wasn't. It was definitely art. Um, And it's, this is interesting. Again, if you have any interest in fashion and the people behind it, um, this was a really illuminating watch for me. Mm. Uh, yeah. Did you have any more documentaries or shall we move over? Nothing I can think of. All right, let's do what are we moving to? I was going to move to comedy, and then after comedy, we'll take a break and come back. Because if you're like me, I'm guessing most of your watches are horror, or no? I guess so. Yeah. I don't so know. It's it's a know a real, that's fine. We have a brand. It's, a real mixed it's cool. Bag. It's cool. So comedy. Have you been watching many comedies? Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna scroll through the list real quick. So the first one is, I believe this is an HBO Max movie. I watched it when it came out which was very long ago now, um, which it's super intelligence. It's a Melissa McCarthy movie about like a AI super intelligence. I kind of know this is like ringing a vague bell in my head, but I know nothing about it. Was it any good? It, it was, it was fine. Okay. It was not great. It was fine. I, again, I'll watch anything with Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm, in it, too. but for me, this is not my number one Melissa McCarthy, uh, Okay. Pick. It was whatever. Um, but I did watch Spy again. Oh, so good. And I think that does it is it does bear repeating that that movie is very good. It is so good. I I would say that is her best movie. I I would say that is one of the best comedies of that decade. I think it mm-hmm. is so good. And everybody in that movie is the best I have ever seen them in terms of comedy. Yeah, it's it's really good. Everybody everybody's firing. It's yeah. it's it's fun and good. Um, I rewatched Longshot. Um, I which still is, have not seen that. That's the yeah. Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen. Okay. It, I think it's streaming somewhere now. I feel like I've seen it come up a lot in conversation again, which makes me think it's, that it's got to be yeah. somewhere. That's the only reason why I mention it. I absolutely adored it. Rewatched it. Still adore it. Nice. She can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, I watched American Pickle, which is a Seth Rogen comedy. He's two characters in it um 
it it was kind of making the rounds. People were talking about it. It's on the indie side. I mean, I'm, say, I'm like, I guess I'm not in the rounds anymore. I've never heard well, of it. It's like an indie-ish comedy, but it's Seth Rogen's in it. So okay. But um, I didn't. I thought it was it was cute and fine, and there were some good laughs in it. But um, Seth Rogen is amazing in it. I am a hundred percent okay admitting that I absolutely love Point. I think he's so funny and so charming and so handsome and i will watch any movie he's in um but that one was okay it was cute swedish um what are we so we're doing comedy hmm (laughs) i watched teen titans versus teen titans go teen titans go versus teen titans that was cute the cartoon um, you would think for how terrible the world's when I'd have more comedies. No, I, I get it. I'm the same just... way. My comfort zone is still horror. Let me just check my letterboxed and... Uh, oh, God. I watched The Proposal and While You Were Sleeping, because I like to watch Sandra Bullock movies. The Proposal's the Ryan Reynolds one. Okay, I've never seen Proposal, but I have fun. I, it's been probably like 15 years since I've seen it. But I remember liking While You Were Sleeping. Should I not he, like While I You Were mean, Sleeping? No, you can like it all you want. Okay. Little lady. I, uh... She's good. Like, she's charming. I, I don't... Yeah, she's charming in everything. She would True. be charming in a paper bag. That's fair. You could just, if you walked into her at the grocery store, she'd be charming. Yeah, no, you're um, not wrong. I think that's it. There's a lot of things that I'm going to say this about that, and then I'll shut up. There's a lot of things on my list. I don't know the, what they are. So, <laughs> Well, that, that tells um, you quite a bit about them. I, yeah, uh, it's been a while since some, I, I watched some of these, so uh, over to you. All right, yeah. I mean, on, again, on comedy, like, I have four comedies, and the same, like, that you would think that is what I should be watching when the world is rough and I should be escaping, but no. Um, and the four comedies are, it's an odd mix. Uh, all actually 90s, I think they're all 90s movies, or or early 2000s, so... This one is a fucking gem on Disney+. Plus. Um, Brannon had randomly watched the original Freaky Friday. And I said, I'm like, yeah. oh, well, you've seen, the, you've seen the remake, right? He hadn't. I'm like, we're watching it. Because I remember having very good memories of it. Oh, the Lindsay it. Lohan Freaky Friday? It is a fucking delight. Have you watched it in, like, the last 10 years? The Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's an amazing movie. It's the parent, so the parent good. Track is good too. If you haven't watched it recently, it's, I you know I haven't. I haven't watched that since, <laughs> yeah. like, since I babysat twenty years ago. But Freaky Friday is no, like so good. Um, I mean Lindsay Lohan is so good, and it's one of those like you watch and your heart breaks because you're like, oh man, like you were a really talented young like you you should have had the career that everybody thought you were going to have. <laughs> like you you had the talent, you had the charm, you had you had it. Um. But Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie, uh, uh, every I wish every actor would have the enjoyment of acting the way she does in that movie. She is having so much fucking fun, and it's it's sweet. It's really kind. It like it has a really good heart to it and good message to it and all that. But she is just it. It is one of the best comedic performances. Um, it, it is a delight. Like I. I could not believe how much we were both enjoying it. 
<sighs> yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. Also from from that era, we watched uh, Bowfinger, which is a movie I had not watched since I saw it the first time in VHS. Uh, this is the Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy kind yeah. of Hollywood satire. And Brandon had never seen it, and I I had fond memories. I'm like, no, no, I, I think this is going to hold up. And and I think it does. It's very funny. Um, it is kind of, in some ways, it, like I was realizing, I'm like, this is the darker L.A. story. Like, it has that same, because it's also a C. Martin script, like, and it has that same kind of um, absurd energy that L.A. story has in a way, but it's mm-hmm. definitely a little meaner and darker. Um but again, everybody in that movie is at their best. Like Heather Graham is really funny in that. Uh, Eddie Murphy is so good in Bowfinger. And it's one of those, like I'm watching it and, and like, it made me angry. Cause I'm like, you know, I forget, like we all forget how good Eddie Murphy is at something that nobody else can do. Like, and he, he's playing two characters in it and he's, and both of them are so, so interesting and crazy and weird and funny um it's it's a very enjoyable movie and apparently he improved a lot of stuff and that's probably the funniest stuff in the movie so if you haven't watched it in a while go, go back to it it's it's worth it uh and then another these i've are, never seen it zach mentions it often you should watch it i think you would i think you'd find it funny it's very funny i i laughed yeah probably i mean probably um, that was a Netflix disc because I still get Netflix discs. Um, my other Netflix disc <laughs> that came right after that one was another nineties comedy is Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. And I remember when I saw it in the theaters, enjoying it, but also thinking like, this is, there's something missing. Like the structure of this movie is weird. I don't know. And rewatching it. It, I still feel that way. I understand. I think a lot of women of our generation really love that movie. I think it's become one that sort of like a um like a clueless where there's definitely like a sentiment of, oh, this was something I watched a lot. This was something like I gravitated towards because it feels very it's very pro women. It's very female friendship, all of that. But it's mm-hmm. it's just missing something. Like it it's not the structure is is very odd. Um it doesn't go as goofy as it could but then because it's fairly goofy, it doesn't, it doesn't ever, the tone of it never quite feels right. Um, so I don't know. I, I'd still like, if it's on, like I would still watch it kind of thing, but it, it is definitely one that I can want, I can say like, no, this, I don't think this is, a, this is as a movie is not a great movie. I understand it being very enjoyable and very yeah. special to people. And that's great. But this movie itself as a movie has problems. Um and then along the same lines, uh, I was on a recent episode of the, the Projection Booth with Mike White uh, to talk Woo! about 2000s duets with Gwyneth Paltrow, Huey the, Lewis, Paul Giamatti. Listen to this cast. Paul Giamatti, um, uh, Andre Brower, Gwyneth Paltrow, directed by her father, Bruce Paltrow, uh, Paul Giamatti, um, uh, Meyer Rudolph is in there in a small bit. Like there's a bunch of random people that show up. Um, Felicity is one of her boyfriends, Scott Speedman, or the other guy. I don't remember which one. Um, this is a, an ensemble dramedy. Oh, Maria Bello, isn't it? It's basically about a whole, like, a bunch of different wacky people who start doing the karaoke circuit in the Midwest and are trying to get to, like, the big karaoke, uh, thing. 
but it's not that at all. <laughs> like, like it, it, there's no way to summarize the plot of this movie cleanly. Like, cause you think like, oh, it's a road trip. Like, uh, everybody wants to be a karaoke star. Not really. Like, uh, Huey Lewis, um, meets his daughter, Gwyneth Paltrow, and they decide to go to the karaoke place. But Andre Brower is a, um, paroled after being in prison and Paul Giamatti is having a midlife crisis and they kill a, a store clerk. And like, this is just tonally everywhere. It is a strange movie. It does not know what it wants to do. Um, music is pretty good because everybody is singing and they're singing very well. Uh, I don't know how I feel. Like I didn't, it's one of those movies that I'm like, I glad, I'm glad I watched it because it's unlike anything. Um, would I recommend it to any, I don't know who I would recommend it to because it is strange. <laughs> not you. I think you would hate it. Um, yeah. sounds like I would hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an odd one. Um, really fun episode. Uh, everybody go to the projection booth to check that out. Um, those are my comedies. If you put that there. So why don't we take a quick break and come back to do drama, action, horror, and any other subgenre I might have forgotten. And we'll okay. be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the next act in the KISS FM Wango Tango auditions. From right here in Los Angeles, let's give it up for Pink Slip. talk other genres uh what do you want to do first drama or action um we can do drama i feel okay. like there's some overlap there so yep, this overlap is where you want all right let me hear your drama okay so i watched uh death on the nile which i had never seen oh the, um, i was gonna say i'm like i didn't realize that came out already but you're talking about the, it did, the older one so yeah, I am talking about the original film film adaptation. Don't ask for any details because I it, this was so long ago. I've I've sufficiently dumped a lot of it out of mm-hmm. my head. I did watch it because you know I love a good murder mystery, mm-hmm. a good Agatha Christie. I it's a Perot, so yep. this was actually Branagh's next Perot movie that should have come out if we weren't in COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you a little something. I think that we have truly missed. The time that that movie will be good uh, because I have had an ass load of uh, Gal Gadot and uh. Uh, Army Hammer is a trash <laughs> bag. So, oh, God, the Army Hammer um, stuff. Whew. Thanks, COVID, for taking <laughs> away my true. Oh. 
Aww. be uh, Branagh's death on the Nile. Because I, I loved Orient Express. And again, I, I got so much shit when I said I think that the um, the, Branagh, the new one was better uh, than Orient the, Express is yeah. better than the it is. I'm sorry. Fight me. But anyways, um, I'm I sad. I won't. You're taller that, than me. That, You'd probably beat me up. No, I would never. I met other people, not you. Oh, I haven't seen the new it's one, so. Because I don't think I'm going to enjoy Yeah, I'm not going to enjoy this movie when it someday comes out um, a year and a half, two years after it was supposed to. Um, I watched another uh, Christie adaptation. Uh, last. No, Last of Sheila isn't. Last of Sheila is just a murder mystery. I don't have IMDb open. Sorry, it's been a long time. <laughs> Last of Sheila was good. Is what I'm telling you. It was good. <laughs> then I went on... <laughs> it's on a boat, I think. It's been a long time. <laughs> I went on a bit of a... I feel like if you kid, ever killed somebody... So if you ever committed a crime and the police had to interrogate you, I know exactly what I would do with you. I, I would just sit there in the room, <laughs> close the door, and sit down with a pencil... <laughs> in front of you and just I would look at you and I would ask you one question and I would not say a word and you would incriminate yourself you, yeah because you would go you would just be like oh what are we writing down oh you're writing down okay fine yeah so I did lie okay I did kill him I killed him hard and I also cheated on my SATs and, and you would just tell me everything and I wouldn't have to do a thing yep. no yep. Well, it's true. I don't remember what Last of Sheila is about, but I remember liking it. And I think there was a boat, but also Death on the Nile is on a boat. And we watched it like a day apart. And I might have just merged them and forgotten. <laughs> no, Last of Sheila was on a boat. Anyways, um, went on a Fincher kick. I rewatched Gone Girl. Uh, okay. Um, How do you I, like Gone Girl? Where do I you like stand it. on I it? Think I, I think I like it more. Okay. I, I want to rewatch it. When you really like a, when you really like a book, yeah, it, it's hard. It's very hard. Um, yeah, and her the, writing is so cinematic that it, you see the movie so much when you're reading it that it makes a film adaptation kind of a weird. Like I don't think I have ever been so good at casting um, as when I read Gillian Flynn books because I can just her characters are so clear to me that I know every actor that's playing them. So then when I see a film adaptation in somebody else's hands, yeah. sometimes there's a disconnect. And I didn't, I thought, I thought the film to me, it was, I, what I liked about it was the humor. I thought it was really funny in surprising ways, but I thought I'm like, the problem I had with the movie was I felt, and by this point, I think everybody knows the kind of twist to Gone Girl. I don't want to give too much away if you don't know it, but Let's just say yeah. Gone Girl the movie to me what could have been subtitled Bitches Be Crazy, which I didn't like. So you think rewatching Gone Girl uh was that better for you or you just think it that you you saw it differently? No, I I think I think a couple things happened. I think I had more distance from the source material. Mm -hmm. Um I think my expectations were in a more realistic place. Sure. And I think I allowed myself to enjoy what the movie was and not what it yeah. wasn't. Ah, I like that. So I do recommend looking at it again mm -hmm. um, because it, it isn't, I, I truly believe it's not, but just be crazy. The movie. Okay. Um, I think that we do lose some nuance from book to film, Yeah. but I still think the film is successful, even missing certain things. Okay. Um, but I, I did enjoy it a lot more. Nice. Very nice. Um, and 
I rewatched Panic Room. That is to say, I've seen Panic Room, but don't remember it. Mm. So this was kind of like a new watch for me, which is I bring it up. Hey, guess what? That movie's real good. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time since I watched it. You should watch Hey, everyone, have you heard of this movie, Panic Room? <laughs> this movie? Um, I, I thought it was really good. I had no memory of the majority of it, mm-hmm. but um, it was really fun. Um, uh, do, 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 we're in, we're in drama. Drama. Let's see. Drama. Hmm, that's not a drama. Ugh, that's not worth talking about. <laughs> um, oh, I watched Emma. Ah, oh, uh, how is, how is Emma? The, on a, Anya Taylor-Joy Emma? I just, yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of her name. Um, I, this is like Regency period movies. Like, that's what you would call this, right? Sure. Yeah, that, why not? That era, this period of movie is not really my thing. Mm-hmm, same. I do, I do like her quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, considering I don't really like these movies, I liked it. Okay. That, that's something. I, I would I would say if you're if you're if you're at all interested, you should watch it because there are good performances and it's pretty. Okay. Um, is superhero is superhero movies are superhero movies um, dramas? They could get looped together with action. Okay, let's do that then. Um, oh, I watched the Crush. Oh. And oh wait, you're talking seen, about the Alicia Silverstone Crush, right? Yeah. Okay. Hadn't seen that as an adult. <laughs> um, it's a lot. It's the, a lot. It's a lot to handle. It's, it's a bit much. Crazy, the movie. That is. Oh my god! Totally. Yeah. And that <laughs> that ending and the carousel and the punch. Nope. All those nope. things. All those nope. things. That movie's a lot. Hey, yeah. that movie's a lot. I don't think it's good. You know what? I don't even think it's so bad. It's good. It's it's a troubling one. Um, yeah, <laughs> it it is because you're right. Because the thing is, like, she's underage. And yeah. Carrie Yules is inappropriate, but mm-hmm. but but she's the the villain. But still, like it it's one of those. Um, and I mean, this I wonder if like Fatal Attraction kicked it off. The whole like, yeah, she's crazy, but you're douchey enough but where I don't adult. know. Yeah, like whose side am I? Re- I'm on nobody's side in this situation. The, the movie really wants me to be on his side because but he's awful, she, right? Because she because she's like unhinged you know yeah. or whatever but like she's still a fucking child my right. dude get away from her yeah well and that's something that i think going back to gone girl is interesting about that story both the book and movie because she's unhinged but she's also so much more interesting and it's one of those things where even on the page you have a hard time you're so impressed by her that how can you be on his side? And that, that's almost mm-hmm. how I feel about the crush, if memory serves. Because they say, like, oh, she's a genius. You're like, yeah, she is. I wish she had better taste, because she could aim so much higher. Yeah, it, 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 there's a lot wrong with it. A lot, a yes, lot. It's, yes. I think it's a victim of its time period, yeah. but also of trying to make a genre that, in my opinion, will never work. work. Like, this is a little girl. Stop yeah. trying to make her be the villain to me. Yeah. While while you as the movie are sexualizing her, it was just a lot. No, um, all of those things, all of those things are right. Um. So I watched Flight Plan, which is uh, Jodie Foster I've on a plane. Never seen that. Yeah, this is the my daughter's missing. You don't have a daughter. That one, yeah. right? Yeah. How was that? Yeah. So 
that was apparently this is what's actual because he, he read the internet that was supposed to be initially like that was written for a male character like it oh, okay. was supposed to be a dad okay. so I'm going to say this if had it been that no don't watch it never there's no reason but because it's Jodie Foster it, it makes it a little bit more interesting and I don't want to spoil this movie that's potentially I don't know 20 years old but I'm gonna <laughs> this movie is the is Lady Vanishes on a plane instead of a train it it is. I do not understand how this movie doesn't have a, a story credit for yeah. The Lady Vanishes. It is the same movie. They use the same gag to figure out that she's not imagining her daughter on the plane. It's the same movie. <laughs> I think that I think I would have loved Flight Plan if I didn't know The Lady Vanishes existed. Mm, because gotcha. I know that movie exists. <laughs> This was terrible. It's only <laughs> worth mentioning for that reason. Um, I rewatched Family Plot, which is speaking because we watched Flight Plan, and then I was like, "This is just like Lady Vanishes." And Zach was like, "There's a lot of Hitchcock I've never seen," and so we oh. watched Family Plot. That's a fun is, exercise for the two of you to take. Yeah, I like Family Plot. I've, I've never seen I've, it. I've written extensively about it because people really shit on it as like. Was this later Hitchcock? It, I believe it's his final movie. Okay. Um, and Bruce Stern's in it, and oh. it is kind of zany. It's like a zany caper, but it's like also about like a psychic. It's it's weird and it's fun, and some people might think that it's not Hitchcocky, mm. but it's got some of his. It flourishes at one point. It feels like Duel. Which is a movie. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we, we talked about Frenzy, right? How it was sort of like that line when you realize that Hitchcock was just becoming Brian De Palma. Thank you. Yes, this has been my <laughs> thesis statement since the jump. It Like, so whatever, whatever. He's an auteur, whatever. But like, I think that there's something to be said about how he was willing to kind of... Or how his output changed to, yeah. to fit in with the time period. Sure. Like, this feels... Like a, I don't know. It feels like the movie that should have been made. I like it. If people hate it, they should probably look at it again and maybe not mm. be so judgmental. Um, I have a couple more in this genre, surprisingly. Um, Horizon Line is a new movie. I don't know what this is. It's I believe got you. A guy in it. Hold <laughs> on, I'm in. Le- I'm in Letterboxd, and they let you click in and see stuff. Oh, that's fun, huh? Um, so it's got a guy who I recognize, but don't know what he's from. And then Allison Williams is in it. Allison Williams. Oh, 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 Allison Williams. Okay. Brian, Brian Williams. (laughs) Also related to Mrs. Williams, I'm sure. I'm such an, I'm such an old woman. Um, so this is. Survival horror couple on a tropical island. It's, it's, I'm going to tell you that any, it's not good. Um, (laughs) It could be good. Like you read it, and I was like, "Oh, is this made? Is this made for me?" It it just ma- manages to be really trite and really silly, mm. and not follow its own rules. And it bummed me out. I'm sorry. Um, oh, Passenger Fifty Seven is a movie. I watched. you watched a lot of plane stuff, huh? I like. You know what? I think I might like movies on planes. It would seem. Uh, so pass it. there's another one on here too passenger 57 is fine i don't like wesley snipes because i'm pretty sure he abused halle berry but yeah. that's just me and if you choose to still like wesley snipes that's fine but i i found out information that made me uncomfortable so Fair. i'm not all about him 
Um, and then I will say I watched Fatal, which is um, Hilary Swank. It's a newer movie. Okay. And... Okay. I have heard of this one. She plays like the other, uh, the other woman on a one night stand kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And I've I've heard Michael... middling reviews of this. L. I don't know how to say his name, and that's honestly why I never, I never say this man's name. <laughs> but um, he's the he's the male lead in The Intruder, which I also rewatched, and okay. I would like to just stop down a moment. Because that's a drama thriller, The Intruder. This is as well. I didn't love Fatal. It was fine. But Dion Taylor directed um, Fatal and The Intruder. I, he might be one of my favorite working directors. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you that The Intruder, which is the movie that has, uh, what's his face? Lived Dennis in, Quaid. Dennis Quaid in a house. I if you have not seen the intruder, I believe it is now. I have not streaming, yet. But, uh, yeah, I I kept me. I it's somewhere streaming because I remember I, when you spoke very highly of it, and it finally came somewhere. Let me see where it is. I know that people don't like it. Like I get it. People don't like it, but you're wrong. Every <laughs> so good. Well, the it's problem good. I had with it's it, and this fun. isn't the movie's fault. It was one that I kept seeing the trailer for every time I'd go to the movies. So I felt like I, and it was a trailer that was very busy. So you, you, I felt like I saw a lot of the beats of the movie. Um, yeah. It is, it's streaming on Stars, but who has Stars? We do. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. We well then, it. I own it on Blu-ray too, though. Um, so Fatal was whatever. It was fine. It was fine. I, you know why I like Dion Taylor? Let me say this about that real quick. Dion Taylor makes. So he directed Chain Letter. Do you remember Chain Letter? <gasps> wait, 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 wait! Chain Letter, the one that's yeah. about a bunch of chains. With the chains. Oh my yes. girl, we have you and I have talked about this so many times, and how that is secretly the greatest um, horror movie of the post Saw boom. <laughs> I yeah, love this, Chain. This I is, this is what I'm saying, girl. I, I cannot Taylor talk about how many good. times I talk about Chain Letter. He's he's good. This is the thing. He is good. So he um directed Meet the Blacks, which is like a comedy, a low-key comedy purge movie. I don't oh. know if you know about this movie at all. I know of it. I have not seen it. And I have a feeling I might like it because I tend to like, I mean, again, I'll talk about super fast all day long. Some of these um yes. like lazy but sometimes secretly really smart parodies are very good. Yeah, it's a Mike Epps purge movie. It's so weird. Nice. So and then so then Dion Taylor also did Black and Blue, which is a cop movie, and I'm sure there's an angle to it, but I'm just not gonna watch a cop movie right now. Sure. Um, but The Intruder is 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 like, it's like a boomer home invasion movie, and it's really really good. And he, the person who wrote it, also wrote Fatal, but they also wrote Obsessed. It's David, I think it's David Lowry. I could okay. be making that. Okay. But but it's so there's this weird like confluence of like writer director and what Dion Taylor does is I think it was really bold in the intruder that he or that it is a black couple. Yeah. I think that that is really bold and interesting and I I will say that I want to see more movies with black leads mm -hmm. and I don't want it to be about black trauma right i get what what I, that's not my place to say i am not 
black and, and I understand that, that these movies are still exist, but sometimes it feels like white Hollywood yeah. is only giving me painful, traumatic things to sure. watch starring black people. I get that this is a home invasion movie, but it, it it's it's not that. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of agency and a lot of like and it's so cool because it's just really cool. It's a really funny, fun look at things and I think it's very stylish. And the house is really well filmed in it. I cannot say enough good things about The Intruder. And it's just really fun that Dion Taylor is doing, like, these almost, like, 90s-ish mm. yeah. thrillers. I don't know. I'm into it. Cool. I love it. I love it. So if anybody else loves The Intruder the way I do. Yeah, I need, right. I need to catch up uh, on some of these so I can spar back with you better. But I'm intrigued. Um, And I think I'm going to call it on... Drama. drama and that's that's my i'd say that's like drama thriller okay um yeah my drama category is very small uh on hulu i watched vox lux with natalie portman i still haven't seen it i oh man i need you to watch it because i have no idea where i landed on it but i feel like you would i like whatever you came down i'd be like yeah that's how i feel <laughs> Um, this is the, uh, Natalie Portman is a, as a teenager, she's involved like in a school shooting. Um, she sings a song at the, at the funeral for the students that were killed in it and becomes a pop star. And then the movie fast forwards to her being a pop star and being like 35 year old Natalie Portman pop star. Uh, it is, I'm not even going, this isn't even an insult. Like this is, this is not a subjective description. This movie is incredibly pretentious. Like it opens, it opens on the credits rolling backwards for reasons that I do not understand. And I don't really care to understand. Like, and it is very, very aggressively like we're an art movie. We're doing art things. Um, Natalie Portman's very good in it. I, I go back and forth on her. I think you and I both do. Um, there is something very strange. Natalie Portman, I think, has been at times overrated as an actor because I think a lot of smart men want to bone her and therefore think everything she does is the greatest thing in the world when I think mm -hmm. it's not true. But sometimes she's very good and I, and I did like her in this. And she is playing different. She is, it is a different performance and a different character than I've ever seen her play. Um, whereas in the past when she has had to do like, I think of Closer, is it Closer? Where she's playing a quote-unquote, oh. like, exotic dancer stripper. I, and it's the most ridiculous. Like, that, no. So, like, I, my cat could play a better exotic dancer than she does. Um, but this is, like, another sort of, like, ugly character, overly um, aggressively mean, like, overly sexual, all that stuff. And I think she actually does it very well in this. Mm. I might have hated I, this movie. I don't know. I like Jude Law in that. He's fun. I don't want to blow any hearts and minds here. But um, I really think that Natalie Portman needs a an, a strong and involved director. Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, because I'm thinking specifically of V for Vendetta. She is transcendently good in that. Yeah, I think oh. she she is one of those actors who I would agree 100. percent She, um, without the right, and I mean the easiest example, and it might be an unfair example because she was young. But Star Wars is the best example of that. Mm. And granted, very few people come across well in the prequels. But to see her in that movie and to see her in other movies that were made by better directors at that time, you see the difference between not being directed in what she does, which is nothing, and being directed and giving good performances. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, and in this, like, she's ma- she's actively making choices, which I appreciate. I just don't know what this movie is doing. Um, I like. I- I'm glad I watched it. I might have hated it. I don't know. <laughs> like, it was different than anything else I've seen. I'll give it that. Um, that's hard to do. Yeah, and and if I hated it, I also am happy I watched it. Like, I just don't know. This is one that I just kind of threw at my hands. I'm like, as a movie, I didn't feel like it was trying to connect with me, which is kind of fine. Um, but therefore, I don't like feel like I needed to connect to it. So yeah. I, it feels very um, aggressively film school. It's Brady Corbett, and I think it was his first film directing. Like. And it feels like this is an actor who's worked with really good, very daring directors and has said, okay, I want to do what they do. And I don't think he does it here, but I think it's an mm-hmm. interesting first step. So um, let's see. And then the other dramas. Uh, one was one that I'd watched years ago and wanted to revisit. And this was The Red Violin, which mm-hmm. is a soundtrack I listen to quite often. Um, and I've, the last, especially like the last year, I've become much a bigger classical music fan and uh this is was like late 90s um it's a very ambitious kind of seemingly epic story of you know a violin and sort of it getting like passed through different uh different people and different musicians and all that um i enjoy it i um it's because the music is beautiful in it um it, I think, I'm watching it this time, I realized, I'm like, I feel like I wish this was in the hands of a better director. Um, the director is a French guy who basically had directed a lot of music stuff, but not mm-hmm. so much film. And I felt that this time around, where the music is done beautifully, but the kind of scale of it, and sort of the like the imagery of it, and all of these things that like I would want in this lush movie they're not quite there. And then you get like the last 20 minutes to me, suddenly you're away from this sort of like beautifully lyrical storytelling. And then it's, okay, here's, here's how the violin is made. Here is, uh, now we are tracing back different parts of wood of the violin. And it just kind of, like, it's a lot of things going on. Um, if, if you, if you like movies about music, I think definitely worth mm-hmm. watching. It's a Don McKellar script and I'm always a fan of him. Um, but I feel like, Oh man, there like, there could have been grander filmmaking to it, I guess. I have never seen it. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just discouraged. Me. I, th- I don't think it's for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I, you know, tangentially interested in something mm-hmm. and then like, Oh yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 for a lot of people. I'm glad I rewatched it. I enjoyed rewatching it. Brandon enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but I think it's it's lacking something. And I think if if that story isn't something that sparks you, then I don't think the filmmaking is going to win you over. But the music mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um, and then the last drama I have would be uh, I don't know if it's After Darkness or After the Darkness. This is on Hulu. Kira Sedwick, Tim Daly, our friend, uh, and oh, yeah. Nancy from Stranger Things. This is an end of the world movie. Uh, the world, the sun is dying, much like sunshine. And there's like this one very wealthy family who have this big country estate. And the dad is Tim Daly. And he's like, well, I'm rich and powerful. And I know people who are building caves underground. So we're going to wait it out and wait for the invitation. And then we're going to go live with them in their caves. So in the meantime, me, my crazy wife, my teenage daughter, and my two sons who hate me, 
we're going to live together and hate each other for 90 minutes. That's what this movie is. Wait, so it's not good? It sounded really good, and it kind of sounded like a Shirley Jackson story for a minute. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, it, like, it has a good ending, um, and the ending is very, like, oh, okay, that's clever. Oh. I think this movie, to me, and I wondered, but I couldn't find anything on it, felt, I was impressed by something very much in this movie. I was impressed by, they made an end-of-the-world movie, and without a single special effect. Like, this, the end of the I, world is all dialogue. That. Yeah, and that's impressive. Like, the way they build it, and it reminds me of, of last night in that way, of the world is ending, and they have never stepped foot. There's, like, a newsreel in the opening of the movie, and it's, like, a weather report, and that's it. Like, but yet, they've established it really well. So there's skill there in the storytelling. This could have been a play, and I and I wonder if it was, because it... What is this called? After the darkness or okay, after darkness, let me see. and I feel like it has an alternate title. Like when you Google it, the movie poster that comes up has a different title. I think after the darkness or after darkness. No, it's after darkness. Okay, because the 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 didn't seem okay. Yeah, after darkness, twenty nineteen. Yes, but no, like because <laughs> Natalie Dyer looks much younger in this movie, so I'm guessing this was sitting on a shelf for a while. Like she looks like she's fifteen, and I on Stranger Things she looks like she's like thirty five now. So, um, yeah, it's I. I mean, the thing is that you have this good concept, which is the world is ending. We're gonna wait it out. Oh, but now we're stuck as a family together. So all of our buried um, trauma and buried conflicts and. Like, clearly, like, the dad is just an asshole wasp, so he has all these expectations on, on his family, so his sons don't live up to that. Um, so as I'm saying all of this, you're thinking, like, okay, end of the world. It's an end of the world story. Do I really need to watch a story about a wealthy white family? Because that's what this is. Like, it's just a rich white family with their waspy problems, and the world is ending. It really... I no, I I mean, and if I obviously this isn't, I I'm just saying it makes me feel like the the Shirley Jackson uh, novel, The Sundial. It gives me big The Sundial energy, and I want to watch this so bad now. But it, but I trust you, and I well, feel like maybe I shouldn't. But no, I like if you go into this with very <laughs> low expectations, then you might get. I think you're. I think this is worth watching for you because I think you will see things and say, oh, this should have been done this way. Mm. Um, I think this is a good um, exercise for you, but I probably wouldn't recommend it to anybody to watch and enjoy. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. So do watch it. I, I want to hear your thoughts. I don't think you'll like it, yeah. but I think you'll you'll come back with it and say, why didn't they do this and this and this? And I think that would be interesting for me to hear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe if uh, maybe if Zach's into it, we'll take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, give it a go. Um, and it's also one of those, and this happens a lot with a couple of the horror movies I watched, where like this is was not intended in any way to be a pandemic movie, but obviously it's about a family in lockdown. Like it's yes. very there's a lot of things that hit beats where you're like, oh okay, this actually works better today than it probably would have two years ago. Mm-hmm. All right, tell me about your action cinema. Okay, I forgot to mention this in drama, and I guess maybe we could put it in action. But I watched um, Run, which is the Sarah Polly. Oh, okay, okay. Is that her name? Sarah Paulson. Coming out of my mouth. 
Paulson. Sarah Paulson. There it is. I knew that was wrong. <laughs> um, believe it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Yeah. What you think of okay, it? Okay. I don't have. I don't have Hulu anymore, so I I literally watched this, didn't have Hulu anymore, and didn't remember it. Um, I liked it a lot. I okay. know people don't. Hulu was doing this thing where it like did a big premiere for it, and it also had deleted scenes, which I think huh. things streaming platforms should do more often. Oh, totally. So we watched the deleted scenes for it as well, and it was very additive. I feel like nothing should have been removed from it. Fascinating. Because it was good. I liked it. I know people didn't but i don't know why they yeah didn't. i haven't heard great things which is why i just haven't even bothered to learn more about it but you are you know obviously i trust your opinion so i, I liked it and if there is a clear like ableist slant to it i believe mm. the main actress actually uses a wheelchair oh, like good. so it's not like that right but right I, but I don't know why people don't like it, and there could be a completely valid reason. Or maybe they just don't like the story, which sure. to me is a less valid reason. Um, I liked it a lot. I thought it was interesting. It you remember that movie? Remember Greta? I do remember Greta. We covered <laughs> Greta. Greta was good. Oh, was, okay, okay. I would like reminded, a good Greta. It reminded me of that. Okay, a lot. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, that's. It's not really action, but I just wanted to make sure I okay. covered it. Um, let's see. We said we were gonna call superhero things. Oh, I watched the Power Rangers movie again. It's still good, and everybody's <laughs> wrong. I, um, <laughs> I liked it. I don't. I and, don't uh, disbelieve you. I, I've actually heard other people rep for it too. I just I have not watched it. I I, I liked it. I liked the new Power Rangers movie. I like Power Rangers. And I watched uh, Wonder Woman. The new Wonder Woman. What did you, I have not seen it yet. What did you think? I don't really want to talk about it until you eventually do okay. see it. Oh, um, okay. But like, but I, I liked it a lot more than it seems like people mm. did. Yeah. And if you do get around to it, keep in mind that it's supposed to, in my opinion, supposed to feel like the the original, like Richard Donner. Superman movies. And okay. Okay. Like I, f I got big like Superman, Throwback. Superman vibes yeah, yeah, from yeah. it. Got it. Got yeah, it. and and maybe I, maybe that's me. Maybe that wasn't intentional. Maybe I changed my expectations in order to enjoy something more. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say and only say that it is a big shame that the best parts of this movie didn't involve Wonder Woman. Mm. Okay. Okay. Like, Interesting. It's it's weird. Like, why wasn't Wonder Woman hmm. better? But um, I should have said uh, Passenger 57 during action. And I'm very sorry that, that I didn't. Okay. That is okay. Um, One point off for House Makepeace. Sorry, I didn't have separated. <laughs> and I think... You know, wouldn't, would you do something sci-fi action in this sure. area? Why not? Why okay. not? <sighs> so, I watched Shadow in the Cloud. I don't know what this is. Oh boy, strap in. God, so I feel so old. Shadow, Shadow in the Cl Cloud is a, is the Chloe Grace Moretz movie um, that originally had. It was originally a Max Landis script. Oh yes, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, uh, I you. I remember here. much about this because I remember reading interviews and so on. And this mm -hmm. is it's a female director, and she kind of mm -hmm. people because people were trashing the movie. 
without just saying fuck Max Landis. And she was like, hey, I directed it and I did a lot of rewrites, right? Yep. What did you think so, of it? I I loved it. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not gonna be shy about that. I loved it. Five stars. One of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh wow. Uh, no joke. No joke. It is it is beautiful. It is wonderful. It is fantastic. It is it is wild. So I like Max Landis's ideas. I know right. we've talked about it before, and I know it's really fucking hard for me to even admit it. But his like like the the pearl in the of that that oyster. Mm-hmm. That clam shell, wherever you get pearls, is like I like it. And sometimes I feel like our ideas are similar and come from the mm-hmm. same place. But he just puts weird energy into it, the way yeah. he executes it. So, so this is his idea. I mean, he still gets a writing credit on it. So clearly they didn't change enough to remove him from it. They bought this script from him mm-hmm. and they changed it. But the, I think the central conceit of the film is still there. So I think that's all Max Landis. Granted, I never want to see his name on anything ever yeah. again. But I think that's all he was ever good for was, sure. was an the idea, a pearl, and then somebody else develop it. Because he's bragging about being able to write a full script in an hour or whatever. It's <laughs> not something you should brag about. That's not cute. Especially when we read the scripts. They're not good. Mm-hmm. But, so it's cl- to me, as someone who's seen way more Max Landis movies than I should have <laughs> would like to, it's clear to me that this is not his script. Got it. At all. At all, at all, at all. And it is clear to me that it is a, a female-helmed property. It feels very much that. It is almost satirical how girl power it is. Mm. And that makes it fun. Nice. That if we had gotten the Landis script, it would have been girl power and it would have felt really like disingenuous mm. and dishonest but it's it's so over the top with just how much this woman the grace moretz character does in this movie that it is it is funny at the end huh. it's it's like you know you have a you have a baby on your boob and you're cooking dinner and you're <laughs> you're making phone calls and you're running around vacuuming it felt like the movie version of of that of of, of that <laughs> like what like oh none of these guys can do anything let's have this lady do it and i thought that was really fun and and kind of jokey and i had never really seen that executed in like a super action sci-fi mm-hmm. movie you get it and the action in it is really good and the effects in it are really good and it's really tense and it's really weird and I get that, like, it's tropey as fuck and whatever, but, like, I thought the script was great. And this this woman, whose name I can't think of. Rosemary, uh, Ro- no, I'm sorry, Roseanne Liang. Okay, that, yes. She has, she basically w- did interviews and begged for you to give yeah. this movie a chance. Yeah, I read yeah. some very interesting interviews with her that made me want to watch this. It just is not that easily available right now. I, yeah, we, this was, yeah, I wanted this bad, so. Yeah. Good. Good. I sought it out. I I loved it. Um, it seems to be not well loved. And I get like if you don't want to even see Max Landis's name on something, mm-hmm. sure. I to- I completely get that. Um, but this this woman, I don't know. My empathy really kicked up. I thought it yeah. was an interesting idea, and she's basically like I I put so much of me into this movie, and people aren't even looking at it. Yeah. And I. And I get, like, what's the alternative? She dropped out of the project completely after she'd already been working on it. Like, she was going to rewrite this thing even before we all finally decided Max Landis was right. done. This had been acquired a long, I think, 2016, maybe? 
this got acquired a long time. Like, mm-hmm. we all knew he sucked, but then it, I don't think it was at the heights that it got sure. to. I don't know. That's that's me on my soapbox. I'll get down. But I think that's it. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> I will eventually watch it. Um, you're going to be very happy with one of the yeah. action movies I watched. What is it? Uh, is it Charlie's Angels? It is not, but it's oh. very close to that. On Hulu or HBO, Hulu, whatever, I finally watched Birds of Prey. I forgot you hadn't seen it. I had not until about three weeks ago. And because I had not seen Suicide Squad, I've again I'm not a DC person. I'm not a I'm I'm done with kind of anything of that ilk and including Marvel in a lot of ways. Um but and so but because of you, uh I knew I'm like, okay, I do have to watch this movie eventually, even though I don't think I really have any desire to watch it. This was a fucking delight. Uh, it's a great it's movie. It's so Isn't much you and fun. Are so good in it. He's great in it, and I love because I love when a movie understands that its villain needs to be weird and yeah. not like and scary, but not um, like but not unkillable. Not like any of those things. Like like sleazy. Like his character is just so like sleazy and and uninteresting in a way, but but perfect. And I love Chris Messina. I think he's one of those like secret weapon actors. Whenever he shows up, I'm like, ooh, ooh, something's good's gonna happen because he's here. And like, whatever's going on with the two of them, I'm into. I wish that was even deeper. Um, Movie. (laughs) Totally, totally. I would have taken that as a spinoff of the two of them in love. Um, But it's just, I mean, and Margot Robbie is so. She is such a movie star, and so giving in this movie and you see it in Itania of this is an actress who understands that she has to cross lines in order to be what she wants to be in order to be memorable in order to not just be a pretty face she needs to um go farther than other actresses like her do and she's so good and so funny and yeah, this She's this really, really was oh, and and I've uh, and I this is another case of an actor that I will admit I was wrong on, um, in the early days of, and this is because Final Destination three is my least favorite of the I Final Destination movies. Yeah, she, I Mary Elizabeth is so funny. One eighty on her. She, I used to say, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. I know dudes like nope. her because she, because she wears a cheerleading outfit in Death Proof. People seem to yep. like. Again, she's one of those like, oh, she's a pretty brunette and she's accessible, so dudes seem to have a thing for her and say she's the greatest actress ever. I don't get it. And now I get, and I've seen her in a couple of more things too, where I'm like, she's great. What was? I'm sorry. I, I and I and I don't take anything back because I think early roles for her weren't that interesting. But Cloverfield Lane, this, um, that cult movie she's in. like Oh no, my God, it's so good. Yeah, she is great. And she is so oh. funny. She was my favorite thing in this movie. She was she, so funny. Huntress <sighs> is so good in this. So yeah. she's very much, they give, I think a great job is done giving everybody like, like moments. Yes. And, and then, and that's really great and difficult with an ensemble. And, um, yeah. And an, an wanted... ensemble that has, that has a strong lead. Yeah. I wanted so much more Huntress. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth is, I'm not, and so this is for me. I never thought she was that attractive. I was like, yeah, I get it. She's beautiful. I mean, she's Ramona Flowers. I get it. She's, mm-hmm. she's beautiful. She's a, a Hollywood actress. Wow. So I guess we tapped into something for me because she's Huntress and I'm like, oh, she's really hot and off. Because well, it's a okay. different energy. <laughs> like she is bringing, because I think she always kind of played girl next door and that was part yeah. of the appeal. She was cool girl next door. 
And again, it's why I look, and this is also shame on me, because and I've said because I'm saying the same thing about Natalie Portman of a lot of these actresses that I had this natural like aversion to, because all I heard was dudes talk about how great they were, when I'm like, no, they're just you just think they're hot. They're not great. They're not doing great work because they don't have great roles. Um, but like when you give her a great role, she's so good, and it is it's a different energy because she is like. It's this kind of, it's it's like a little bit butcher, like, mm-hmm. and she is sexy and funny and dry and so great. She's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I, what else did I want to say? I had something in my head and then I lost it. Oh, Rosie Perez so great. is really funny great. Yep. and great in it. Yep. Um, and um, Journey Smollett. Journey Smollett. Oh, I couldn't think of her name. Journey Smollett is so hot and so effortlessly cool. Yeah. And just so, like, physical, and this really, they're all so badass. Yeah. In such a satisfying way. Oh, yeah. The, like, the scene, the the big battle scene, when they're all trying to protect. Yeah, and when they're all, like, have that, that, like, moment, that, like, one-shot moment of them all trying to protect the girl. Like, I realized, watching it, like, I welled up. I was, like, suddenly, like, oh, oh, this, because this feels so earned and genuine and all of that. Like, and I know people contrast it with um, Avengers Endgame of, like, the women, like, the scene when it's the battle and it's all the women. Like, and yes, I choked up at that, too. Like, I, and I think both are kind of doing something very similar, but this one comes at it so differently. And it, it was great. I, I like, yeah. yeah, this, I was so happy with this. And I hope, I wish very good things so for everybody involved. you watched it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm, yay! Uh, let's see. Did I talk about The Rocketeer already? Oh, no. I find that movie incredibly boring it, it is yeah um i mean it's it's, a, it's it's got big dad energy to me like it's like hey my dad really likes <laughs> i could see that yeah okay i could totally see that it it you know the interesting things are some of the cast that are in it um timothy dalton's great is the best thing in it and i wanted more of him than anything oh, I, else I do love um it's an early role for margot mac martindale mm-hmm. she's in there um but it's it's fine like it's it wasn't for me but it was perfectly fine yeah um, uh, one that is for me, I rewatch my, so I had a snow day on my birthday, which I've never had before. And so it wasn't a snow day. It was a work from home day, but it meant, okay, I'm home. <laughs> let me, let me put stuff, put movies on in the background while I do work. So I watched a bunch of like my favorite stuff. And one of them was Clash of the Titans, which brings so you out mean, like the, the new Clash of the Titans, right? <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to say two things about the new Clash of the Titans, which I think is terrible, but I will give that movie two bits of credit. The new Clash of the Titans has very interestingly, like, not token strong female characters. Like, it has several women who are great in it and who get to be different levels of strong women. And I appreciate that. And I think the script, I would love to see one of, like, the good script for that. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee at one point, that that was a movie that probably had 12 scripts and 50 screenwriters but somewhere there was one really good script and an inkling of that script carries over to the final product, which is that at the heart of this story is this really interesting conflict of men saying they don't need religion and don't need gods. Like that's there a little bit in the remake to where you're like, oh, they're, like this could have done something. But it's – but no. I am obviously talking about the 1984 Clash of the Titans, <laughs> which – Eight-year-old me, like, it just brings out little Medusa-obsessed Emily, who just thought Greek mythology was the greatest thing in the world. And I love that movie still, every bit of it. 
uh, every every bit of of Harryhausen uh, model work and all of that stuff. It, it's every every bit of loincloth that does not cover Harry Hamlin. All of it. Yeah, I've never seen that. <gasps> really. Yes. Oh God, I don't know how you could. Ill for you, I don't know what you get out of it because you're not a big fantasy person, and, and it's so and dated. I didn't watch it when I was younger, so I yeah. really I have no real like Harryhausen like nostalgia. Yeah, like, I understand the importance and the impact. Right. I get it, like in the aesthetic, but I have no personal like reaction or tie to it. So that's why I've never really sought it and out. And it's so it, it's at its most Harryhausen in this one. <laughs> So yeah, it's probably not for you, but if you loved it as a kid, you would still love it today. Uh, and then along the same lines of like models in film, uh, we watched last night 1956's Rodan, the big kaiju yeah. bird movie. I do like Rodan, but like I still don't feel like there's anything for me there. Well, it's really funny. We watched it because it was one that Brandon watched a lot as a kid, and he wanted he wanted to re- he hadn't seen it in years, and was excited to watch it. And I, I had definitely seen bits of it at some point in time. And we sit down to watch it. And and what happens to me with every kaiju movie, at some point, I, my mind just goes away. Like, I just, I, at a certain point, I, I, I have no connection to them. And I think there's some, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, mm-hmm. But it ends, and, and it's fine. And, I, and Brandon looks at me, he's like, uh, well, thank you. I'm sorry you had to watch that. I'm like, really? Like, and because he, like, he rewatching it for him was a bit disappointing, I think, of a oh, lot of the things yeah. that didn't work today. Because um, the thing is, the first 20, 30 minutes of that movie are good. They're a horror movie. It, this is the one where for the first 10 minutes, you don't see the monster. Um, there's a lot of terror built without you seeing anything. There's mm-hmm. characters getting pulled underwater and characters that are just, you know, and bodies strewn about. And when you see the monster, first you don't see the real monster, you see a different monster. And then you see the big monster who's so big that the big that the little monster is now tiny. Like all like the first half hour I'm into it. And then it just turns into, well, now we have to destroy it. So now cue the model footage, cue the same scene of planes flying around used five times and all that. Um mm-hmm. so it's, you know, it, it's it's fine for what it is. I, again, probably enjoyed it more than I would a lot of other kaiju movies just because of the kind of genre aspect to it. But I think, cause we were talking about that with the trailer for the new, for Godzilla vs Kong or vice versa, whatever it is. Yep. I feel nothing when I watch that. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Yep. Um, I just don't, the, the kaijus are so big and the people are so boring and there's no way to put the two together in a way that works. <laughs> Yeah, Cloverfield kind of did not, it. I don't really. I get that it's a thing for people. Yeah, it's just not not for you. For me, same. So for me, it's just like I. I it's fine. Not everything is for everybody, and I think that's really yeah. where I fall on it. Like it's same. just not something I'm yeah. interested in. And it's weird because I feel like for years I thought I should love them because they're so typically cheesy, and it's just oh, it's monsters destroying stuff. I like things getting destroyed. But it's like, yeah, but there's no way you can have a connection to the monster because it's so big that there's no human element that actually, like, you can think that you know the monster, but the monster doesn't give a shit about you. You're an ant. Um, so there's that hu- that lack of, like, a human element to it. And when and the humans are never interesting. We know that, too. So, yeah. yeah. And I think some have done it better than others. I Skull Island is pretty good. Um, I love Skull yeah. Island. And then I know stuff stuff yeah yeah so that's why or else Skull Island would 
legit be on my because mm-hmm. I got I got a lot out of it. I thought it was really good. Because like, well, yeah. for me, it was really good because I don't like we just said we spent twenty five minutes saying I don't really get a lot out of these types of movies. Yeah. So w- when I did, I was excited because and Skull Island like, oh, also is a little mind. bit of adjustment on the formula, like. Kong isn't so big and there is like the human aspect is very defined and you know exactly it's set in a slightly different time that we don't see that often and there is something very like the the um there's something more immediate about it like there there's an element that you can connect to much better than most of these other movies but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah all right that was my action do you need another break before we dive into horror no, I think I'm okay. All right, then. I think you'll be surprised how few I have. <gasps> really? Yeah, that's always my biggest list. But let's uh, let's hear it. What you got? Um, I so yeah, this goes back to the last time we did a watching list. So there are our Christmas movies on here. So this Ooh. is well before the holidays. Um, in sad times, right? Feeling sad, yeah. and a lot of horror movies for me because if they looked good or were something that I was interested in I knew that there was like an upsetting element to mm, them okay um so I wanted to avoid avoid them at all costs uh so only recently have we started watching them again I get it. because I get it. that's why there was so many like <clears throat> passenger 57 or I rewatched yeah. the intruder <laughs> I get it um I did watch uh freaky which Okay, the, I have not the, seen it, but I have heard star. a lot about it. How did? Where did you fall on it? That's the um, we, Happy Death Day, Death Day guy, right? Directing. Yeah. Um, I don't like Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. at all. Same. Um, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. So I, you know, who I do McBride. So you show me Danny McBride in anything, and I'm immediately like, oh, Danny McBride's in this. It's good. I feel like sometimes that's how people feel about Vince Vaughn. It's not me. Yeah, I don't get it. I also, as you recall, didn't like Happy Death Day 2. Right, which I loved, yeah. I I am I am not the one for this movie, I don't think. Mm, okay. I liked and I'll be honest with you, I was really worried because of the of the premise. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you know, I don't if you know anything about it. Yeah, I, I thought, a body like, swap oh, and yeah. This is going to be massively upsetting to watch but it wasn't i think it was handled it was all handled really well that stuff you know like a like a murderer in the body of a of a teenage girl girl. yeah can can go very wrong yeah um so you know what five stars for the way they handled that i just didn't it felt really hollow and and not particularly memorable or fun for me okay um a little trite but that's just me and Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people really liked it yeah that's what i've heard and that beautiful little girl is who, it Catherine newton is that her name yeah who was in pa4 which is one of the best paranormal activities i'm with you uh, like and she was in the pikachu movie put her in everything i just love her she's, she's great yeah agreed but um i don't know i once you see it if you if it streams and you get around to seeing it I might we'll I talk. would revisit it and we could talk about it nice because okay. uh, i would like to understand more of why it didn't work for me well could be i just don't connect with these filmmakers but that's this, very possible this happy death day yeah thing but um let's see what this is horror uh rewatch the invisible man it's still amazing still have to watch um, it oh my god watch it so 
I know. It's, you know that's one that, because um, at first I thought Brandon wanted to watch it, and then I was like, oh, guess what? It's on Hulu. He's like, you know what? I don't want to watch it. Because he's like, he's like, because he, I think he is aware that it's going to be a heavy watch. So for me, it's been, I know this is a movie that I should watch when I can watch it in one sitting, but I also have to be in the mood for the heaviness yeah. of it, and I just haven't been there yet. And I get that. I think if I hadn't seen it in the theater already and knew what it was, I, yeah. I think I wouldn't have been too... The approach, like, is, it's it. heavy. Yeah, it's knowing yeah, that sure. you need to give it a certain amount of energy. But it's also not heavy. I'm going to I'm okay. gonna say, I'm going to make a bold statement yeah. because, and this isn't a read on Lee Wanell at all. I actually think he does a tremendous job with this movie, but there is a bit of a clinicalness to it, which okay. I, I'm not, for me, I'm not mad at because it... It is awful. Yeah, for sure. There's some real terrible, hard to watch things in it. But there's almost like a distance that is kept that makes it be palatable. Okay, I got it. But I like that movie a lot. Um, I watched Brain Scan for the first time. I don't think I've ever seen Brain Scan. It's weird and way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, Arch Enemy is a movie that I watched. It's kind of sci-fi. I don't know why I waited till now to talk about I, it. I know nothing about it. It's um like a... like. You know that Millennium, is that what it's called? That, like, group that it's, like, self, like, funded by the people kind of thing? And like then... a militia? No, no, no. But, like, you're, it's, like, help, you can be a movie producer, too. And you oh, just invest okay. the money and movie okay. I'm pretty sure that's what this is. But it's um, Sofia Vergara's husband. Oh, what's his name? With a very long Joe Italian last name. Mangiolino. Yes. I hate that I can't say last names and it's really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in it. It's like a superhero, like a superhero-y thing. The creative team, I think, was interesting, if memory serves. I wanted to like it a lot. It was actually kind of boring. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, we already talked about Anything for Jackson, which is on yes, Shutter yes. the last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. But cannot recommend that enough. Horror. I think that... Oh, I so Zach and I are rewatching the Ouija movies. Which Ouija movies? The real Ouija movies or the like non-asylum asylum Ouija movies? No. So we like Ouija, like the Hasbro Ouija. <laughs> the branded, <laughs> the one that spelled W U, not the one that I saw in a dollar store once that was spelled W E E J E E, not that one. Yeah, Ouija. Ouija. Um, so the so when we saw Origin of Evil, which I'm sure if you're listening to this show, you know that that's a Mike Flanagan yep. movie, and that's kind of weird that the second in a franchise that's actually a prequel. We did the same thing. Flanagan. We I think we went to see that in the theater, having not seen the other Ouija, because ever and like we like had confirmation that that would be okay. We saw. I'm going to tell you, it's not. We oh. saw Ouija, and I was like. Much like the movie The Gallows, which I don't like, I felt the same way about Ouija. I was like, I'm going to dump this now. I've I've ingested it. I didn't like it and found nothing redeeming. Mm. I'm dumping it. So I put it out of my brain. And then Origin of Evil, back when we used to go to the movies, <laughs> you know, it was a horror movie, but also Mike Flanagan. Yeah. And at this point, I'm team Flanagan. Same. Um, so I, we went and saw it, and I didn't fucking know until the very end. I went... Wait a minute, isn't this how the first one ended? (laughs) So, and then we look and Zach's like, yeah, it's a direct sequel. It's not just like in the franchise. It's the Ouija is a direct sequel to Origin of Evil. So I had never watched them in close proximity knowing that. 
hey boy, that really changes the way these things play. I like or there's a lot I like in Origin of Evil. Same, yeah. There's a lot there's some things I don't really care for. But this is this is very good Mike Flanagan for me. Um what I, I find astounding is that first movie, that Ouija movie, painted that story into such a corner. What a <laughs> champ. Yeah. That 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 prequel is getting us being a sensical, thought out, emotionally impactful movie that has to get us to that endpoint yeah. so that Ouija makes sense. That's a real feat of strength. Yeah, I feel like with Mike Flanagan, I was listening to an interview with him on Mick Garris's podcast, and he was talking about adapting Doctor Strange, and like I, I he's he's such a smart guy. And I think he's, and he cares so much about his material. And it was, and I imagine him, like he was saying, he was reading, he had the novel, he had the Kubrick film, he had the screenplay, like, and the, the amount of like, I picture him like in his home with like, you know, the red shoelaces everywhere of really figuring out how do I do, how do I, this, this is a challenge and how do I put it together? And I bet he did the same thing with Origin mm-hmm. of Evil. Of like, okay, this is a job. I can make more money doing this than I have on my other films so far. So I'm going to do it because it's going to be good for me. And I, and I can make this into something I'm proud of. This is where I have to end. Okay, how can I get there? And I think he's smart and, and thoughtful enough that he gets there. Yeah. And there's some things in Origin of Evil that I go like, mm. but... But, like, I- I'm going to say, let me say this about that, and, and I not to spoil it, I mean, spoiler alert, don't listen to me if you don't want the spoiled, um, but essentially given a movie where his end goal was to kill a child. Yeah. Like, that's how origin, that's how Ouija, I mean, that's Ouija's thing, is that there was an evil possessed child with a sewn up mouth. And yeah. Mike Flanagan is very good with child oh, characters yeah. and treats children movies like autonomous beings and they're not just fodder. So it's a real feat of strength, again, that he was able to... So there's some, like, ghost stuff mm-hmm. in Origin of Evil that, like, my first reaction is like, ugh. But obviously he did it so that Doris would be okay. And it was very heartwarming. Like, he wanted to make sure that this this little girl was okay. It made, I don't know, it yeah. made me want to cry. No, he seems, I mean, I I would be sad if I found bad things out about him, because he seems like a really good guy. Um, and I think, and by good guy, I mean, it comes out in the work. Like, there is a, a bone of kindness in him. And this is what he was saying on the podcast, was, like, after he, he had kids, like, two or three kids now, that... Um, his he's, that he was asked like, oh, how, did your work change after you had kids? He's like, oh my god, yes. You can you can look at the end of Oculus and Absentia, then look at every everything I've done after, with the exception of movies that were kind of already made, like where the blueprint was already there. He's like, I can't I can't end badly anymore. Like I have a really hard time putting like cruelty out there the way I used to be able to. Which is interesting, because on one hand, you're like, yeah. oh, no, are you doing that Spielberg thing of like, oh, let me go back to Oculus and remove the abuse, like that kind of thing. But there's also like, oh, no, I but, like knowing that he has a heart. But that, that, that like, Mike Flanagan, because you're clearly listening to this, give yourself <laughs> a little bit more I think. Um, because Oculus, I get what he's saying about the end of Oculus, but he still treats those children with so much yes. care and yeah. so much respect. 
And, and like, I mean, I get what he's saying, but like, also you always did that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's one of the reasons why I, I, I think he's so interesting and good. Also, I watched almost all of Bly Manor except for one episode and I don't like it at all, at all, at all. And I don't think I'm going to finish it because I felt like it was a waste of my time. That's fine. Come for me if you want. I did not like it. I would say it's worth, if you're, if you just have the last episode to watch, watch it because at least like... I think the the final episode puts some things in a different context that I think is important. It's so boring. Um, I know. I didn't love it. Brandon liked it a lot more than I did. Um, I I was very mixed. I, I mean, to me, it's a big step down. But it's also, he didn't do much in this one. He, like, I think he wrote, was a writer on it, but I don't think he was mm-hmm. directing. Like, I don't think he was nearly as involved in... Fly mm-hmm. Manor is he like Hill House is his baby. This was not. This was like I think his like nephew kind of thing. Um, I I don't know. I, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad it exists. I think it did some things interesting. I liked the idea of taking a bunch of Henry James stories and weaving them into this bigger story. Yeah, it didn't satisfy me completely in the end. But I don't know. I think I I'm. Sort of like a middling, if it, if I had to grade it out of five, it would probably be like a soft three for me. Yeah, I mean, I I get, like I, before deciding to, gonna, well, we were both bored watching it, and that's yeah. not a good thing. There was one really good episode, I thought, yes, and I know the, the exact, rest have yeah, kind the of been same. like. Yeah, well, and it wasn't it's scary. Kind of, Hill House was scary, that, and this was not. But that's that's what I was building up to. It's so funny you say that. That's what I was building up to people. I really do appreciate when people like give their perspective and stuff. But I, I feel like if you know me, this is a terrible thing to say to me. But like people were like, "Oh, it's not. It's not a horror story. It's a love story." And I'm like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> who are you talking to? You think that's a deal breaker for me? Good, make it be a love story. Why is it boring?" That's, yeah. that's not my problem with it. I don't care. Give me so much love. I want all the love. Give me a ghost in the corner looking at two people be in love, and I'll be happy. Yeah. I don't care. It doesn't have to be scary. I wasn't like this. But like then there's a narrator because, the, you know, the story, original story has a narrator, and that didn't make any sense, and maybe that's what you mean by it. That's what I mean by watching the last episode. Yeah, it'll come into – it'll <laughs> clear up a bit. It just was like, ugh. But yeah. I don't know. No, I'm so bored with it. No, and I wouldn't – I'm not really defending it because I think – I do think you owe it to even yourself to finish it just if it is that one episode. Because I yeah. think if nothing else, you're like, okay, let me at least see what this story was trying to do because you'll see that in the end. But I'm not going to say it was satisfying. It was – for me, it was it was in the middle. I enjoyed the aspect of, okay, let's turn the lights out and watch it. But I was never as satisfied as I was, especially coming off of Hill House, which I think is a masterpiece. Yeah, Hill House is is, is very, very well executed yeah. and really well done. And even if there are things that you're like, eh, or you don't feel sure. like were explained or properly explored, as a whole, it doesn't it doesn't hurt it, in my opinion. Yeah, same, yeah. And at this point, I am 100% in love with that one dude. Um Luke. I can't think of his name. Um, the no. Oh my god. Let's not even talk about Luke. So Luke is so handsome. He is. He is incredibly handsome. I can't handsome. think of his name either. Uh, Owen. But the, the other son. The other son. Stephen. The other. Yeah, the other son in Hill House. Michael. His name's Mikhail. Mikhail. Oh yes, because he was on Game of Thrones. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was in. He's in the flight attendant. Um. um 
And I just was like, I don't know why I'm trying to deny this. This is a beautiful man. He's in an uh, invitation as well. Oh, yes, but, um, he is. Yeah. I don't know. I would I would rewatch Hill House before I finished Bly Manor. Um, <laughs> but I digress extensively at this point. I, uh, That's what this episode is, list. girl. It's I, fine. I watched Nocturne. I don't know if you've heard anybody talk about I think about it's, this on, movie. it's on my Amazon Prime queue. Is it worth me watching? An elite arts academy, a timid music student. Um, yes. I, I liked it a okay. lot. I loved the ending. Oh. I I rated it five stars because I loved the ending. And then I was like, no, Christine, this is not a five-star movie. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so I backed it up a little bit. But okay. I really liked it. I thought it was weird. Nice. Um, I haven't watched The Witches of Eastwick as an adult, so we watched that. How does that age? I haven't watched it since college. Great. I love it. Nice. I remember loving it as like a, like a 15 year old and mm -hmm. then watching it again, like, Oh yeah, this is good. Um, and I hate Jack Nicholson. <laughs> well, like, I feel I like he's like not the star of that movie. Like the women are so much more interesting in that movie than he is. And that's what I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it, like, it's not like, it's not, I find them more interesting. The movie is like, no, they're more interesting. It was it Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer and Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Okay you know it's it's all it's all there it's mm -hmm. good i liked it a lot obviously it's a it's it has sensibilities of the time period and the fashion because mm. where we're at with you know the cycling yep the cyclical nature of fashion all very on point very nice <laughs> but i liked it um i mentioned summer of 84 last yeah. episode you don't like it i didn't no i didn't i hated the I ending so much I remember you watched it, and I don't know why in my head that was an endorsement. The fact that you watched it alone was the was an endorsement for me, and that pushed me over the edge into watching it. I was really on the, yeah. on the fence, and then I was like, so wait, was it because why did... So, so spoiler <laughs> alert to Summer of 84, streaming on Shudder. Um, what I hated about this movie was it was about kind of shitty kids. If memory serves, the kids were kind of shitty, except for the one kid who is also like very much established as his mother, like is kind of an alcoholic and works a lot. So he's taking care of her. Like he's in charge and he's, he's really your hero. Like he's the kid that you really care about. And spoiler alert, he dies. All the other kids are okay, but he dies and I remember just feeling like, F I don't need this. Fuck you. Because it felt very mean of not just killing the, the only likable character, but also this kid that clearly um, other people were depending on. And that just, it soured me. I, I thought it was so mean of an ending and not one that I wanted. Wow. I don't, that didn't, I didn't, that is, none of that even registered with me. Yeah. I thought it was, I don't know. I don't know. I liked it. And yeah. I liked I liked how violent it was. I don't know. Maybe that was cathartic for me. I'm yeah, not sure. You're a worse person um, than I am. That's all. No! Shut up. You're so mean to me. <laughs> um, this is not a horror movie, but it's sci-fi and we didn't talk about I it. I forgot I'm, that category. Yeah. I am a jerk. So I'm going to mention nope, it. my fault. Um, Synchronic. You, you know about this movie? I do not, but maybe I do. Sounds vaguely familiar. You might. It's uh, Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan. And it's... Uh, okay. It's the, the filmmaking... Man. 
pair of uh, Aaron Moorhead. Oh, and okay, Benson. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I I still don't know this movie, but I know them certainly. So I don't think I like that. Mm. So I, I think that that's what's happening. Yeah, I I've I liked watched... but not loved their other movies, and I think it's this is another case where I feel like um, there is a certain faction of film fans in our circle who have certain uh, aesthetics and everything where I where every like all of the dudes we know who love genre film love these two love everything they do I've liked what they've done but I have not like been able to say this yes these are the this is the future of horror right here (laughs) and it seems like there is definitely like something that we're just not getting that other people get (laughs) I I really hate to gender things. Yeah, but but it's so there. It's so there. Yeah, sometimes it's really it, it's the last thing that makes sense. Yeah. for me is to be like, well, this is a gendered response to this output. Um, and I don't. Again, I don't. I feel like that is reductive, and that is almost to say, like, as a woman, I can't like genre stuff created by men or that centers men right and that's silly like that's not realistic at all but they definitely like like, all of their films tell stories of men which is fine like scorsese does that and you know what if you don't understand women i don't want you telling a story about a woman um but as a result like every one of their films there is definitely this sense of like okay when you when you've made now three or four movies that are centered on an experience I'll never have. Yeah, I do. And, and like, there's a certain level of not alienation, but like, yeah, like you're not, you're not the director for me. Like you're going to make stuff that I might like, but I am never going to um, really be in your club the way a lot of other fans are. Yeah. And, th- and that's fine. Cause not everything is for everybody. And I think completely when it, this is, when this is reversed and there's a movie that sure. it seems like a lot of women respond really mm-hmm. well to, and men are like, this is bad. Like, is it bad or do you just not, is it just not for you? Yeah. And I we as women have just had to deal with it. And because nothing was made for us for a long time. So it's, this movie is, is, is kind of high concept. Um, it is about like time travel. I don't want to give up too much of what mm-hmm. it's about. The plot is interesting. Um, I didn't like the execution of it. Okay. I found it to be, it was about man feelings. Again, I, I'm not like, yeah. first, first of all, misandry doesn't exist. And if it did, I'd be a misandrist. Anyways, <laughs> um, I don't hate men feelings. I think men should have feelings. I think it's great and awesome, mm-hmm. but this was like presented almost like, like kind of like what you said about being in a club. It felt yeah. very like inside baseball. Like these are man feelings and you wouldn't understand them. Like, okay, I guess I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so I take, I took a big step back and was just kind of like, all right, well, and it was Jamie Dornan's character. I don't know if he's supposed to be dislikable, but the, he was, I think the big takeaway for me was I didn't realize this was Anthony Mackie's movie. He's like the lead. Mm. The lead, the sole lead. Jamie Dornan's there, but Anthony Mackie takes this movie, puts it in his pocket, and runs away with it. Mm. And I forget how, how good he is. I like him, yeah. Sometimes he's just Falcon, and that's fine. He's, Falcon. <laughs> he's very good as Falcon. I hope, he gets so many, I hope he gets so many Falcon checks. So many Falcon checks. But I like when he's not Falcon, and I forgot. Yeah. And watching this, I was like, oh, wait, Anthony Mackie's going <laughs> I forgot. Um, also, I will say there's a dog thing in here. Okay. 
And Thank if you. you're not, it, you know, like in John Wick, like how there's a dog thing, and I still haven't watched John Wick because it's kept you from watching it. And it is, they don't show it. It's not explicit, but it is violent. You know, this is not violent and it's almost worse. Mm, I, I cried so hard. I left the room because I was just like, I can't deal with the emotional ramifications of what has just happened. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Which is so weird because like, like humans, meet terrible ends in movies all the time it's like the plot of most movies there's a difference there's a difference i'm with you but it's almost like the dog didn't understand he was in a movie and it made me (laughs) (laughs) that might be the best explanation of why animal deaths upset us more you're right you're right although i will say growing up anthony mackie was abandoning him it made me so sad no 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 you're oh my god some dogs are more professional than you think though so you never know Anyways, that dog was really cute. If you liked, so if you see Synchronic and you're like, this, this movie's my shit, I love it. History, that I mean, future of filmmaking, they're the best. That's fine. I don't think it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I just like, I'm, I'm like, I don't even need to have, I don't need to have had a, I, all this to say, I don't need to have an opinion on it. <laughs> um, are we doing recommends? Um, if you have something you watch that you want to recommend, sure. Okay. I'm going to hold on to something then. Ooh, okay. Um, we watched a movie called Nomads. It's a John McTiernan movie. Do you know about this movie? I do Pierce not. Brosnan? No. Oh, wait. This sounds vaguely it's... familiar. Okay. Did they give John McTiernan so another, like, $200 million to make a movie that will not make its money back, and then he'll get another amount of money to do that? Well, he uh... he wrote this, which is why Zach wanted to watch it. I okay, think. from 85. You know. Yeah. So it's – imagine if The Hunger was this movie. You know the hunger. I do know <laughs> the really hunger. Good yeah. It's imagine if it was this movie though, which was not as good. <laughs> this is like a not as good version of the hunger. Okay. Um, it's very. It's really um, pompous. I guess <laughs> it's just, it's self important and kind of vague and like very dreamy and floaty and like arty in like a weird way. Okay. But like. Also in an unearned way, like it never earns that. And I think that John McTiernan filmed it really well. I thought it looked really well, like good. And there were like really fun shots and, but I didn't, like, I didn't care. So I didn't understand why I had these long, Mm. like quiet shots other than the fact that there's a director who wrote this and really likes to film things. Okay. That's not interesting summary. Yeah. So not really a recommend. I mean, you could do worse. It's weird as fuck. Okay. If you want to see a really, really weird movie with Adam Ant in it, then I would say <laughs> yes, do it. And Mary Warrenoff, apparently. Not in it enough, but yeah, mm, she's Okay, in it. which is always true. That's my recommend. And then I think I'm going to one more, and it's not really a recommend, but it's a wild movie. It's called Ghosts of War. I believe it's on Netflix. I don't know this. Tell me more. And um, the the cast is just, it's a who's who of faces you know. But can you play some? I don't know. Um, but Kyle Gallner's in <laughs> And it. Billy Zane. Ooh, Kyle Gallner and Billy Zane. You're speaking my language. So this movie, and I know the director. Okay, the Butterfly Effect. But it's also the writer of uh, 
the final destination? I thought. Mm. No, maybe he didn't write the final. De- no, he it's did. It's Eric Brass who did um, the final destination. Okay. Yeah, he's he's credited as as the writer for yeah. it. So it wasn't showing up. I think mm-hmm. my thing got was it. Low- um, so I like Final Destination. It might be my favorite. It's my yeah, it's my favorite destination. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also Butterfly Effect is a movie that I don't know if I have an opinion on, other than that it exists. I'm so saying, I was saying. like, let's go, let's do this. This this is a new ish movie. This is a new movie. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's on twenty twenty. That's an interesting synopsis yeah. set during World War Two. And. Kyle, I love World War II when it's not directly about battle, mm-hmm. if that makes okay. any sense. Yeah, yeah. That's I a got it. wild thing to say. Like that setting. Kyle Gallner can get it all day, mm-hmm. every day. Underrated anyway. actor. Fantastic. Very Caleb Landry Jones. Um, love him to death. So I was really excited, actually. Watched the trailer. I was like, this is it. We're watching this. This actually looks good. I have never... I can't think of a movie that fumbles so badly. Ooh, wow. Like it is, it is fucking phenomenal. And then it's, it's absolutely awful. It's Ooh. like, a, it goes from like a five star to a one star in, in just in like two minutes. Wow. I, I'm confounded by how this movie fumbled so poorly. And it looks like people agree with me. I saw really low ratings and I thought like, Oh, maybe this is really good. And people just like, because I'm full of myself, don't get it. I'll get it. No, you were all right. <laughs> oh, I lost you for a minute there. Oh, no. Anyways, it's soft recommend because it's amazing, and I want other people to be angry at the ending. <laughs> Is it one that's going to be like, for an hour and 20 minutes, I'm into it, and then the last 10 minutes, I'm not? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's all right. Gonna be, you're going to be so fun. If you're... If you're anything like me, and you are sometimes, mm-hmm, you're going to be really invested and really imp- really like, oh, I thought it was about this, but it's going to actually be about this. You guys, this mm. is so exciting. But then and it zags on you. Mm. Oh. Okay. Uh, so I am this in- is what you just... Um, yeah. I'm intrigued. I think knowing a movie's going to boff its ending... If I if I go in knowing that, that helps a lot. So you I, might might. like it. I might. Who knows? Won't. But I might. But I might not. But I won't. <laughs> I I did. I think that there is a lot of fun stuff up until that point. Okay. And it makes me it makes me bummed that they chose to do that. Interesting. All right. All right. I'll I'll let you know. Um. All right. Did you have any more? That's, that's, that's... It for me. Okay. So my horror list, let's see, um, on my special day of, of working from home, another movie I threw on in the background was uh, Fulci's Zombie, or Zombie 2, depending on which version Ooh, you have. Yeah. Had been a very long time since I watched it. It's a good, gooey, gooey zombie movie. Can't complain. Uh, I have not seen it in a very long time. I feel like those are from, that's from my old uh, completest days. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's, I mean, it, it is what it is, like, it's, but it's fun. This is your zombie versus shark and everything else. Uh, and afterwards, I was, like, on a kick, then I pulled out my, uh, old DVD of Nightmare City, which is also, zo- I mean, it's, it's zombies, technically, they're not, technically, they're radioactive people, uh, but this uh-huh. is the zombies on a roller coaster at a certain point, and zombie aerobics. Uh, again, fun, if you're in the mood for gooey, gross, um, 
like handmade paper mache zombies, this is, uh, you, you, you can't do, do worse. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, and then another, I guess one more on the zombie list was on Netflix, uh, Korean film, hashtag alive. Oh, I've, this is on my queue. I don't get into Netflix that often. Mm -hmm. Um, this is on my queue. Tell me. I liked it. Uh, it's, it's good. It is, there's a zombie outbreak. And again, this is another like, oh, weirdly relevant COVID movie. Because there is this uh, teenager, young adult, who's kind of like, you know, a kid that just plays internet games all day. So he's stuck in his apartment and is kind of safe, but is running out of food, is trying to get to, is, is trying to figure out if he can get to his family or not. Um, then there is, he's about to kill himself when he finds that there is another person across the building lot who is also alone. Um, I enjoyed this. The, the actor is really good. It's the same guy who's the lead in Burning, which is a fantastic Korean film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I liked him a lot. Uh, I was into him. This doesn't do anything that new in terms of zombies. And it's not like trained to Busan levels of great zombie movie, but it's it's very good. It's well made. It moves mm-hmm. pretty well. It, it's a good, if when you're in a mood for, for a zombie watch and haven't watched one in a while, this is a good one to put on that list. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Just and solid. I'm glad you confirmed yes. that. Because yes. some, sometimes you're just like, yeah, I know the rules. I got it. Yeah, I just want to watch I'm, a zombie movie. Bizarre. Give, give me just a show me somebody do one. something with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, let's see. A couple of Shutter watches. Uh, another kind of movie that just, I think, takes it improves because of COVID. Because you see th- certain things there. But um, oh, I wonder if you watch this. The Beach House. This is a Shutter original. So the Beach House is a Shutter original. Um, I'm very mixed on how I felt about this. It's a young couple who go to a beach town where, like, the kid's dad has a house. They get there, and uh, Jake Weber um, and his yeah, wife are there. I just, I just saw he was in this, and I was like, well. So here's the thing, and this is here, and this is both the reason to watch it and the reason why it's so disappointing, because it's oh, like this is well made. Um, there is something like in the water. There's something there. There's some, and so it's kind of like biological horror. It has a little bit like of annihilation vibes, almost in some ways. Yeah. But the problem is, you have this boring young couple. And Jake Jake Weaver is so good in this, and like his, you find out his wife is dying of cancer, and so um, like they they decide like oh let's let's hang out together, and there is this beautiful scene where the four of them just have dinner and drink and then do an edible, and watching uh, Jake Weber or Weber talk to young people, and it's just him like asking them questions and being interested by them, and like him and his wife just like. The talking to these kids and being interested by their generation and by what they want to do with their lives. And you're watching it, you're like, oh my God, I could just watch this movie. Just give me Jake Weber um, hanging out with young people and being charmed by them. I will watch that until I die. And then other stuff happens. And then mm-hmm. at a certain point, this isn't too much of a spoiler, at a certain point, your main characters are your two young, boring people. And you're stuck with them, and they're not very interesting. Yeah. And the movie gets very repetitive, and there's kind of cool stuff in terms of like gooey, um, virusy mollusks, stuff like that going on. Like, oh no, no, no. Yeah, that's, yeah. If that's if that's a, a thing for you, then it's very much there. So there, there's that. Um, 
so I like I didn't like it overall. I think pacing just goes completely out the window, and it just it felt to me I was like I've been watching this movie for two hours. No, I haven't. It's only an eighty minute movie. But it's fascinating because it's one where you're like, ooh, it's almost like you have too good a character and actor in your movie that when you take them out, the rest of the movie doesn't hold without them. And the the actress, it's like her first movie and she's so good too. And then they're gone. (laughs) I'm going to ask you a question. I, even with um, male lead, uh, James Legros' son, Oh, it's that is James Legros' son. I wondered about that. I are you kidding me? I looked at his IMDb picture. I went, huh? He looks like James Legros. <laughs> and then I looked at his name, and I was like, wait, that that's his name. I think that I must just, be his kid. I was so distracted by the beauty of aging uh, Jake Weaver that I didn't pay attention to this other kid, who's I really mean, boring. Like actively, like, he's like James Legros when James Legros was was playing boring parts. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So I don't like gooey body then, stuff. Then then no. No, anything. it's very body horror too. Yeah. Nope. Thank yeah. you though. Thank yeah. you for letting me know not to do Anytime, this. Anytime, yeah. Also, if if you want something sea-ish and gooey, watch The Bay, a movie that I'm too scared to watch. <laughs> oh, you know, and The Bay is on Hulu, I think. The Bay is streaming somewhere. It just went by. I was looking at something and it just went by and I was like, I love The Bay so much. I'm so scared to watch it. <laughs> It made me so upset. Yeah, yeah, the bay's a good one. Um, it's no, but the best, the best beach set gooey body horror is easily the movie called The Sand, which is about evil sand. Ugh, no, I don't want anything <sighs> gooey. Oh, fine. Um, <laughs> all right, I think that the next one wasn't gooey. Spiral, which you recommended. <gasps> what did you think? Tell I liked me it. Everything. I did like it. Um, I went into it with wildly mixed opinions because I knew you loved it, but I think was it Andy and NOTLP didn't like it. So I knew there was like, I'm like, ooh, a lot of people whose opinions I normally agree with, vastly different spectrums. Um, mm-hmm. This is the uh, gay couple with a teenage daughter who moves into a neighborhood and weird stuff is happening. And is the guy crazy? Is he paranoid or is something up? Um, I liked this. I think... Uh, I didn't overwhelmingly feel any way about it. I thought the ending was was great. Um, yeah. And then the the ending to the ending, I really liked because it's one of those like dark, but there is a glimmer which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. It it felt fresh. Um, there were things like that. On one hand, didn't like it's it's typical. But it had enough different choices that it made it to me very memorable. And not just that it was a gay couple. Like other things that of the pacing and the decision, like the acts of violence and when they happen and who they happen yep. to were were surprising. And so I, I did enjoy it as a watch. I thought so too. And again, I will reiterate, I think Jeffrey Boyer Chapman was very good in it. I liked him. I thought he was great. Yeah, I... I Again, I'm not as much involved in the Drag Race uh, conversations as you are. So, because I know, because I haven't watched Drag Race Canada, which I know, like, there was a lot of, I think, stuff on him. People have very strong opinions. But I had forgotten that I knew who he was watching the movie, and he didn't feel like he was out of place. Like, he, he felt right in that role. So, yeah, I thought he did a really great job. Yeah. It's a movie that I would like to rewatch because mm-hmm. I 
was surprised how much I liked it. Like yeah. genuinely liked it and not just like, oh, I liked that because I was excited about it and wanted to like it. Sure. But like, no, I'm, I actually think about it. And, and I could see it doing well on a rewatch because there's stuff to look for that you're going to find very easily on rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another Shutter original that I did not care for, but I know a lot of people did, The Pale Door. I haven't watched it, but I've heard it's really racist. Is it? Oh, I don't. So, I I mean, it's set in old Westy times, so there's that. Um, but it doesn't fully have the budget to do what it wants to do with the old Westy times, so there's that. And I just, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that Masters of Horror episode with uh, Doug Jones, or the Fear Itself Doug Jones. Yep. Because, like, it has those elements of, like, two brothers, and, like, something bad happens, and so on. And I just... I was I wanted to be into it and I just got really bored and then brief, briefly I'd get interested again and then I'd get bored again. Um a racist? I don't know. There's in terms of for towards black people or towards or somebody else. Um I ins- assumed it was in some like an indigenous kind of situation. I don't remember there being indigenous people in it, but I could have I could just be completely not remembering it. And I also could just maybe um not know what I'm talking about. Fair. But I mean, you I... have witches who are persecuted, which like I don't like there's elements of this movie that you could take all the story points and mix them up again and it could be great. But I just didn't think it was. It bored yeah. me. So no. Noah Sagan's in it, and that's the reason he, why. And he's good. Um, yeah, and it was I nice to see him. him. I like him too. I th- and I th- I like a lo- I tend to like a lot of the horror movies he shows up in. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like that he keeps doing horror. And I mean, he does a lot, but that he has like a really good place in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I and what's his name? Pat? Is it Pat Healy? Pat Healy. Yeah. Too, so there's and there's a lot of faces. You're like, oh, good that guy. Oh, good that guy. Yeah. But I don't know. I just it didn't do much for me. Um, I, think I don't think was, you'll be into it. I was hesitant. Mm-hmm. Like, it was definitely on my radar, but it, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. So I kind of haven't really gone for yeah, it. I'd be with you on that. Um, let's see. On Amazon Prime, after after the lure, I'm like, oh, wait, I know there's another mermaid horror movie that I haven't watched. So I watched Mermaid Down, which was a, like, kickstarted movie about mermaids, kind of. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for this. This is, um, it's very low budget, which is fine, but it's like a mermaid washes up and a crazy doctor brings her to his insane asylum where he has a bunch of other teenage girls and... Oh no. Yeah, and it's supposed to be empowering, I think, because it's supposed to be about, like, these girls, like, you know, kind of claiming their strength and working together, but it also has to kill a lot of girls to get there, so Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't feel, I wasn't feeling it, um... It's one where I'm like, maybe there's somebody that watched this and felt good about themselves. Great. I didn't. Um, On your recommend, I went to Hulu and I watched a little movie called Spree. (gasps) Did you love it? I did. Yeah. I really did. Um, Joe Carey's real good. Oh, he is a star. He is a star in the making. He's so good. He has such a great... Um, charisma and and I mean what he's doing in this movie he has to talk directly to the camera he has yep. to do that thing that is very tricky and the right kind of actor has to do it and he does it great um, this is because it's such a cool um, tone where it's a comedy it's a it's a 
weird serial killer movie. It, it, it takes different beats. Um, it shifts your sympathies every which way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uses like the social media graphics in a really cool way and it's effective and it works. And I like, and I know I think you had said this, that it appeared on like worst of lists. I don't get it. I enjoyed it a lot. It's mean, but it's also no, like it's not fully mean. Um, I liked it. I really liked it. I'm glad the premise is really cringy, like on paper, especially like, like, Oh no. Right. It's it's the Uber horror movie trailer. Yeah. Yeah. There was something about, I think, Joe Carey's performance specifically where I was like, I don't know, this could be good. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad because it it easily couldn't, easily could have been bad. Yeah, totally. And it's exciting when, ha, but guess what? Good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm glad you liked it. I did. Yeah, no, I'd recommend it. And then along, like... I feel like I ended up watching, without meaning to, a really good um, compare and contrast movie to this, which is also on Hulu, called No Escape, although apparently it has an alternate title called, I think, Follow Me, because it is also a social media horror movie, but it's a social media escape room horror movie starring Toby from Pretty Little Liars. Wait a second. Is this good? No. No, it is not. Oh, come um, on, man. I mean, do you want me to lie to you? <laughs> I will if you want no, me to. I just wanted it to be good. But you should probably watch it. So it's Toby from Pretty Little Liars is a social yeah, media man. influencer. And he is celebrating his 10 years of social media influencing by going to Moscow and doing an escape room. And it's like the most intense escape room ever. But before he gets there, like he ends up pissing off some Russian mobsters so then him and his friends wake up and it's Saw or Hostel. It's both. This movie basically was like, hey, does the Lionsgate garage have props and a set we can use? Because let's see what we can dig out. It, it, it feels like it was made in 2011. Um, it's, of course, like wacky traps and gotta save your friends or let them die and escape room. And then there's a twist. It's and it also like uses social media graphics throughout. It is it's not good, but I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, you, I don't know. I think I, I told uh, Married of Clickers they needed to watch it. I think you do too. I I would watch it. The main girl seems to be uh, from Teen Wolf. I recognize her. Oh, she's fine. Um, she's very cute. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I wish that you had told me that it was good. Um, it's, I mean, again, it's fun. It's just not actually good. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. Then I watched today another escape room horror movie that's like kind of a surprise because it's looks like it should be an escape room horror movie, but it's like the escape room isn't, it's not a killer escape room. It's a killer other things. So this was called Escape, colon, Puzzle of Fear. This is on Amazon Prime. Um, (laughs) It's about the this these couples that go to an escape room, but the dude is actually a murderer, but there's a twist. I don't... It's a lot. Um, there's a lot of plot to explain that doesn't warrant my explanation. This wasn't terrible. Might even have been more enjoyable than No Escape, but it's not very good, and I wouldn't really recommend it. Uh, mm. And then along the lines of talk about early 2000s torture-y Lionsgate-ish horror movie... Um, Ever see the movie Train with Thora Birch? Yeah. It's pretty terrible. 
Um, have you watched it recently? Yes. Yeah. I I went back through. I think so. Remember when horror was so? I have so many thoughts at the same time about this. That movie was what from what like two thousand five probably. Oh, it's it's definitely like post hostile. It has serious hostile energy, so it's got to be a little later it, than that. It um, does. I can't, you know, I hit train and I can't even find it that easily because it's so not memorable for a yeah. very generic title. Let me pull up Thora Birch and find it's it that 2008. way. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. That sounds. So, yeah, that's right. I was, I was rightish. So there was a time, low budget or direct to video horror mm-hmm. was a very certain way. Yeah, and I think. A lot of, and I actually had this thought while we were just talking. I think we're at a point, and I think Shutter and streaming in general has a lot to do with it. But we're at a point where there is so much lower budget, straight to video, straight to streaming, not theatrical horror that we can be picky choosy. Yeah. Like, we can be like, oh, yeah, no, skip that. It's not really worth it. And here's three other things that are actually worth it. Yes. But I feel like between 2002 and 2010, that did not really exist in horror. A lot of the things that came out direct-to-video or direct-to- or not theatrically weren't great, but it's all that we had? Well, it was so much, and I mean, this is true of, you know, people used to blast the 90s and now look back and they're like, oh no, there were some good 90s horror movies. And the thing about early 2000s was, what were your two big hits? Or what what were the, really, there were three between that era, between 2000 and 2012, let's say, your three most influential films were Saw, um, Paranormal Activity, and um, The Grudge, or um, The Ring. Mm -hmm. So you had J-Horror for a while, which phased out when you had Saw and Torture Porn, which then turned into found footage. And so Mm. all three of those were easy enough to make at a low budget. And I mean, you had obviously you had a whole lot of terrible um, uh, found footage horror, but the amount of and they're all very typical one word titles. There's like a movie called Die. There's Nine, Nine Dead. Like there are dozens of Saw ripoffs that are always a similar thing where it's like a bunch of people wake up in a room and something's going on and they have to kill each other. Oh my God, you just fucking cracked yeah. the case. And Emily. then Train, then you had Hostel, which yep. then opened it up a little bit where it's like, oh, why don't we make them hot young people? Yeah, let's do that. People Teresa's. like seeing hot young people die. Yep. Yeah. And most of them are terrible to different effects. I mean, you have some that are made better. And here and there, you'll find you can pull out good ones from there. But Train to me was like, oh, right. This is the epitome of... So bad. It is mean. It is gross. It is so rapey. Unnecessarily rapey to the extreme. Like, say what you want about the Saw movies. None of... They knew better than to do sexual violence. Because that crossed a line that then would have tarnished everything. And every Saw film, like... There is no sexual violence. There is no specific violence towards women that feels meaner because it's women. Is, like, no, they got yep, that. Like, they understood that. Cut your tits off or right, something. Right, right, right. No, like, and yeah. yet so many think, of these other movies, you have that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I think you circled one of my current issues about how things are still a woman 
trapped in a room yeah or a girl tied up in a room i think it's i think it's held over from that Mm -hmm. i think it's a holdover from that because it's a really easy way to to tether your story in a budget-friendly way yep and i think it's that like kind of and I find that those movies from that time period are are, are very misogynistic. Oh, yeah. I think post 9-11 horror for me was a very dark time. I don't really like a lot of the output. And for me, unlike the 90s, I liked the 90s horror movies when they were coming out. I didn't like these when they were coming out. And I'm kind of flipped, I think. I think when the night... Because... Um... When um, disturbing behavior and I know what you did last summer were coming out, I was mm-hmm. I was mad because I'm like, no, finally horror has made a comeback, and it's movies that I that aren't serving me, that movies that feel like they're made for a different audience than horror fans. Because I think that yeah. that's how those movies felt then. It felt like they were made for people that watched um, Dawson's Creek, not for people that watched um, you know The Prowler. Then in 2000 from you know the post saw boom i was excited because i'm like oh good finally we actually have violence and horror again in in theaters great and now and i liked them when they came out and now i look back i'm like fuck man these are trash yeah and i don't i i don't think this is you but i think a lot of people unfairly um maligned the 90s yeah anything pg-13 in horror completely yeah especially in the 90s if it was pg-13 never fucking mind yep and that's a weird stance to take because violence doesn't inherently make something better or more watchable um so i think that 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 was and it actually came across as super anti uh girl because a lot of the people who would see a pg-13 horror movie are girls young women um with their friends, you know, I was that. And I think a lot of younger people are that way. So like to shit on it as a, as like a, like a broad thing Mm -hmm. is really silly to me. So that's why I don't want to do that at all about specifically between two, if I'm going to narrow it, 2003 to 2009, I can't say there's no good horror movies. That's ridiculous. Of course there's many, but I think the majority of them, especially if it's something that like, you're not sure about or like, wait, I remember when this came out, but I aren't going to be good. Yeah. For me, in my opinion, they're not good. There's nothing there. You're not going to glean anything magical from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they were they were imitating something and getting it wrong. Yep, you're in right. In a profound way. Yeah. And, and focusing on the wrong things about and it. And the way they tried to be memorable was to be more extreme. Mm-hmm. And... Look, that can work in some cases, but when extreme just means let's keep trying to rape Thora Birch, but then let's really rape her friend. N- yeah. No, no, you 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 can't just do that. Like <laughs> it's really bad. Um. So yeah, I I was like angry because for the first like ten minutes I was so into it and I was excited. I'm like, oh, this is like a throwback. I feel like now I'm watching a movie that's. 15 years old and it's like in the 90s when I watched something from the 80s like wow and then as soon as I said that then it got rapey and I was like oh man fuck you movie this is not cool it's not pleasant no. there's a couple of them that Zach and I rewatched that were very much like on my radar at the time yep. or something that sure I remember not hating but like yeah it's like 
um, train. There's an elevator one. Blackout, maybe. Blackout. Oh, um, blackout. There... Blackout, because that's Amber Tamlin, who's like the yeah. sort of, in my mind, I get her confused with Thor Birch sometimes. And yeah, but... that movie's rapey. Why is it rapey? It's just about three people in an elevator. Why does one of them have to be a rapist? Do you remember Donkey Punch? <gasps> yes, I do. I do. This yep. is a very dark time for me. This is when I really started being accused of being like an unfun feminist when I was oh, like, God. oh wait, I don't think these are good though. Like yeah. I remember I've told we've talked about this that when we watch watching Hatchet, see yeah. Hatchet, Hatchet. Three, it was Hatchet and Hatchet. Hatchet. I didn't Hatchet. watch Hatchet Three. You and I okay. covered Hatchet and Hatchet Two and it was so just dis- it was so like depressing. Because both and- of us by the end of it were like I'm sorry, but these movies don't like us. <laughs> I and, and I I remember I don't know if I ever pulled back the curtain this much, but I remember my then partner of 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 almost a decade yelling at me, telling me I was wrong, mm, that it's yeah. not misogynistic, that it wasn't bad, it wasn't upsetting. I remember whatever female character got got a hatchet to her her genital region fucking flipped me out it made me so freaked out and upset and uncomfortable and i remember saying like wait a second i don't think these are good yeah at least they're not good for me and i remember being told straight up i was wrong and i like "Mm, yeah i don't i don't i don't know that that's your choice to make yeah (laughs) but and but then at the time that's something i really struggled with like wait a second am i wrong but then I had you, oh. and you very much agreed with me. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, wait a second. Maybe I'm not wrong. It's it's hard because, I mean, you and I are both female horror fans who have been female horror fans for most of our lives. Yeah. yeah. Which meant that for, I mean, still, mainstream horror was never targeted at us. And you're right, the mm-hmm. horror that was targeted at us was looked down upon by our male peers and often wasn't what I wanted. Like, I didn't like PG-13. Not I didn't like PG-13 horror. I didn't like the PG-13 horror that was given to me. Um, yeah. And so it it meant a lot of justifying or looking past things and saying, like, well, yeah, I mean, there, there was ra- – just um, like, ignore the rape in this movie and it's really cool and all that. And I mean yeah. that that that's what we had to do for a long time. And historically, mm-hmm. we we look back at these movies, and some of them we can still pull out and enjoy. This specific era is just really hard to enjoy because it's not it's not just that it's cruel for the sake of being cruel. It's also just not well done for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the the, the accessibility to sure. making movies. Yeah. Again, like I know we had the VHS, like straight to VHS horror of like you know people's youths and stuff, but this was this was a little bit different now, and and I I guess that all this to say I'm happy that it, people are still choosing to make these movies for whatever mm-hmm. reason, but that's not it. Yeah. There's so many other things that people are making too. Yeah, yeah, and it's so it's great that there's like the the Oz Perkins making movies and that mm-hmm. we had our Mike Flanagan, who's now really popular. And then um, countless women whose names I can't think of Je- Jennifer Kent I completely blanked out on everybody. <laughs> I'm with you. But like, but who are making things that like, you can say, Oh, never mind. I don't want this. I'll go watch this. Yeah. Which I truly feel like in the mid two thousands, wasn't an option. There was not a, no. I don't want this. Let me have that. Right. I think the rage carry two is out there. That was directed by a woman. Like it's yeah. And at the time I didn't even like that. So Same. what if you don't, what if you don't like like, Oh boy, it's a whole thing. I'm with you. I'm We're not... in a better place. I think. Yes. Yes, we are. 
Um, yeah, a better place. And yet the last movie I watched, which was the newest movie I watched, was not a good movie. Camp Cold Creek. It's on Amazon. Chad oh, wow. Michael Murray and Daniel Daniel Harris. Ice cream place? <laughs> I wish. Um, I don't know if I have the... No, I don't have this title right at all. It's not Camp Cold... It's like Camp Cold Blood. Camp something. Camp... Cold Stone Creamer. Camp, Camp Cold... Camp Chad Michael Murray. I, I swear, this movie, I have like a mental block on what this was called. Camp Cold Brook. That was it. Yeah, it does sound like ice cream. I would have rather just eaten the ice cream. Um, It's a ghost hunter. Chad Michael Murray is a ghost hunter. And he hosts a show with Daniel Harris, who I love, who doesn't get to do anything in this movie. And they go to a summer camp that's haunted. And they're filming it. And, oh, man, this movie opens. And it says, produced by Joe Joe Dante Presents. I'm like, ooh, okay. (gasps) And the opening is a, like... It's the opening credits to their ghost show, and it's really cheesy, and it's like Grave Encounters, and I'm like, I'm there for it. I'm there for it. What are we doing? And then it's just very boring. It doesn't know what kind of – like, it has this, like, goofy music, but yet it's trying to play it straight, but yet the ghosts are so silly looking that it – I'm like, is it a comedy? Am I supposed to be laughing? I don't know what's going on. I was so bored that I checked out so hard. It's so good. I did not care for it. I'm so upset. I don't know. You might like it more than I did. I don't know. I hated it, though. I did not care for it. No. Um, okay, then, uh, just a few more, and then we're wrapping up on Amazon Prime. Uh, I got very excited, because this is a movie that I talk about, um, the limited amount of movies we had as kids in some ways. When this movie poster came up in my video store as a kid, I got so excited, because it was, I had one of those, like, legendary VHS stores that only closed, like, about a year ago, uh, 112 Video, (laughs) Medford, Long Island, and they had a movie poster, and it was, the poster was was a little boy, and the tagline was, remember, Freddie and Jason were once kids, too. I am talking about Mikey, 1992's Mikey. I Mikey is a little boy. This. Oh, it's, it's like evil orphan, little evil orphan who just keeps the opening scene of this movie. Little boy um, who lures his uh, sister into a pool, drops her doll there. So she falls in the pool and drowns. Then he goes, his mother is taking a bath, and he drops the hairdryer in and electrocutes her. Then his father comes home and is like, what's going, sees his dead daughter in the pool, slips on Marvels, and Mikey beats him to death with a baseball bat. Then the cops come, and they're like sitting there talking to him, and the entire scene they're talking to him in the background, you see the little girl floating in the pool. You're like, they just left her in there for hours? And this is definitive, um... What's her name? Ashley Lawrence from Hellraiser is in this. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Is it Josie Bazette from Melrose Place? There's a couple of people that you're like, oh, that that guy, that girl. Um, it's this is fu- it, it's mean. It's very like last gasp of um, of kind of dark horror. I don't. I think I don't think it came out in theaters. It might have gone straight to video. There was a little bit of a, like, dark history to it where it was like, oh, did this inspire a kid to kill his family? That kind of thing. Um, But, again, take that out of your head because it's just a fun, brutal killer kid movie. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, And then let's see. There was uh, Curandero, which was the movie directed by the guy who directed the last episode of Fear Itself. Okay. Uh, Okay. Interesting movie. This is a – I think it's Mexican, I think – there's a killer who is killing sort of like ritualistically weird filming style, very gross, very dark, pretty cool. I liked it. And then last two, 
Um, on Hulu, I finally decided to watch The Hunt. Oh, yeah. I waited forever, too. I, I know I told you that. Yeah, well, because for me, it was like, I did the conversation around it was so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I hated everything about the controversy, because on one hand, like, look, we've had a lot of shootings. Let's not put a movie poster up that has guns as its main thing. And then it was a political thing. And yet you watch the movie and you're like, this is the most apolitical movie. This movie is, is doing the South Park thing yep. of not taking any stand whatsoever. And so it's so ironic that this was a, like, used on either side. Because the whole point of it, like, it's like Citizen Ruth. Like, it's like, no, no, no. The whole point is that both sides are wrong at different times. Um, but all that being said, if you can divorce that from it, I thought this was really fun. I agree. I liked it a lot more than I expected to, but in a completely different way. It's not at all the movie that I was sold. No, 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 no. This, this, it's goofy. It's, um, it's much lighter than I think it was ever kind of sold to be. Um, Betty Gilpin is so fucking good. So good for her alone. It's worth watching. It it is complete. This is the case where you're like, and you're watching her and you're like, no other actor would have made the choice that she's making. Like, she's just doing something so weird and different, and it's so great, and serves yeah. the movie so well. Um, so yeah, it was like, it, I enjoyed it in the end, but it's so fraught with me watching it, hearing Jason Blum's stupid interviews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, because I watched The Hunt and kept seeing this pop up in discussions about it, uh, and I now have Canopy through my library, so I watched on Canopy, Bakaru which is a Brazilian oh, yeah. film with Udo Kier. I haven't watched it, but I know that you it exists. Me too. It's so good. Um, it is, un- it's so unusual. And it's so, it's like kind of grouped with the hunt because it is also a kind of hunting people tale. But, and it's good to know that going in because then at least like I, I started watching it too late and I was like, oh, I, I don't know where the, this is. I don't know what this movie is doing and I'm not in the mind to, to take it in. So then I rewatched it again when I was more awake. And the thing is like, it's so odd in how it paces itself and how it unfolds and the way it reveals things and all this stuff going on. It is unlike anything. I don't know what to compare it to. And it's really good and really satisfying. So it is a, the highest recommend. Watch it. Um, but make sure you're watching it when you can like sit down and really watch sit down it. and watch it. Though. Yeah, it's good to know. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So that was my stuff. A good uh, mix of things. Yeah, <clears throat> that was impressive. Thank you. We Thank did you. it. We did. You had a recommend that you wanted to shout out. What is it? I had a recommend. Yeah. Do you have one? Um, Buckaroo. If you have canopy, okay. ask your library. I to do get canopy. have canopy. Well, Thank then watch you. Buckaroo. So mine is Netflix, and I just it could easily not be a recommend, but it's one of the newer things I watched that I'm that I doesn't have an asterisk next to it for me. Like watch this, but the last ten minutes is good. Watch this, but it's not like this. Um, but so this is called Eli, and it's on Netflix. Eli, and um, it is. I'm trying to look and see if I recognize the creators. Okay, director of Sinister Two. There was enough stuff in it for me to go like all right i'll watch this and um it it's presented like it's a haunted um house but the house is um a treatment facility for like 
a boy with an autoimmune disorder. Okay. And I was like, this is weird. I'm oh, like, okay. This director also did um, a couple of things. He did two episodes of Bly Manor. Uh, Sinister 2. He did Citadel, which is a very yeah, good yeah. Irish movie. And um, the woman in it, Mary, oh, Kelly Riley, <laughs> Mary Riley, that's somebody else. <laughs> Kelly Riley was in uh, Eden Lake and Pride and Prejudice. Oh, um, yeah, she's really good in Eden Lake. I know. That's and a mean so movie. She's so pretty and it's so nice. Like, she, in this movie, she's just, I love her in this movie, and I was just happy to see her. Um, so this is a movie that somebody could easily watch and be like, I hate this ending. And mm. Why did you recommend it? But I liked it the whole way through. I saw what it was doing but it made a little bit different hmm. it went it went all in on some really sacrilegious sacrilegious imagery nice like, oh boy we're really nice doing um it didn't pull any punches and it was weird and uh lily taylor is that her name yeah She's that is her too. yeah um so it was interesting and the little boy in it is really good I would say that I recommend that. Yes. That's my final answer. All right. I, I, will add, I will add it to my queue and report back to you when I watch. It's weird. Exciting. All right. Cool. So that was our big old catch up. Um, when next we meet, uh, we are going to cover some exciting movies with an exciting person. Um, so we are doing another yeah, guest spot. Uh, we will be joined by Anthony who is a listener who we have both talked to on Twitter for probably years now, but we have never actually gotten to speak in person. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, And Anthony picked two films, one of which we've both seen and, and have been dying to talk about since we've both seen it. And the other, which I have not seen. And yeah, that is Nina forever. And a little movie that I'm really excited to talk to you about. Cam. Cam, everybody. We're yeah, talking about Cam. That's finally. right. Finally. That was a movie that I remember the first time I watched it, I'm like, well, obviously we're going to cover this one day. Like, there's no way we can not talk about this. Um, so I am really excited to do that. Uh, and yes. And if, again, if you would like to join us for an episode, please reach out to us on Facebook, on our Facebook group. Just put a note there or just email me on Facebook or find us on Twitter. Um, yeah, we're at Feminine Podcast, right? That's our Twitter. Yeah, sure, I should know these right? things. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Sure. Uh, and with that, do you have any more to say to the fine people? I don't think so, but thanks for your time. Thank you for your time. Now use it well, use it safely, and we will meet again soon. Goodbye. Your lettuce.
Up won't come out.